Friends of the Music Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Connor and Dave. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Permanenzi. Of course, guys, we're still doing Zoom casts. We will get out to breweries at some point in the near future when the weather warms up a little bit and uh, when people get vaccinated more. Um, but uh, today, guys, we have a shitload of stuff to talk about. I mean, we have a season coming up in a week. Uh, we've got new players. We've got predictions to talk about. We've got, uh, I mean, U.S. Open Cup to talk about. We got some little Icapara news. I'm sure everybody's seen about it. We'll talk about that. But first, let's talk about the most important thing in this podcast: the beers we were drinking today on this cool April Sunday. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. What beer are you drinking today? Well, I'm excited because I have a beer that. Uh... A, a new beer uh, that I haven't tried yet, but a brewery that we have been to. Not the podcast, but I've been there. It is from uh, Loose Line Brewery in Plymouth. And it, I have to Ooh. say it's it's Plymouth's first and only uh, microbrewery. Yes. Um, and that's my hometown also. So it's kind of a special place. I know Tony and Tony, we had the chance to visit it. And yes, it, good it place. Be a great, great place to have a podcast. Actually, they have again, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's one of those uh, breweries with a, a tremendous indoor space as well as outdoor space and mm-hmm. uh yeah I, i'm excited to actually hopefully re- record there someday but anyways i had i got their sugar loaf pastry stout and uh this one i did not try that time i went there and this is right up my alley as far as it's it's a it's technically an imperial milk stout um but it is wow. And so it kind of sounded good to me on a Sunday morning as we record until I realized it was 8%. So it could be, could be an interesting lazy afternoon for me, but mm-hmm. it is delicious. It's creamy. Um, it's got vanilla and chocolate notes, uh, just very tasty. It's got just a very dark look to it. And um, you know, you know, guys, that I am a fan of stouts. Yes. Um, and this one does not disappoint. And I'm just proud to Proud that it's from Loose Line, uh, Plymouth's first and only, uh, uh, hopefully not only, but first microbrewery anyways. And uh, yeah, so it's a it's a great beer. Nothing to complain about. So yeah, you know, Loose Line is, uh, I still haven't been there, but um, actually a couple of friends of mine and Laura's are getting married later later this week and they're having their reception at Loose Line. What? So, Perfect at a brewery. Spot. Nice. Well, it's, it's a good, I mean, it's a good spot. It's right off, of course, it's called Loose Line because it's right off the Loose Line, uh, which is a uh, running slash bike path. That goes out west and goes into Minneapolis. I think it goes in Minneapolis, right? It, it was. It, it did. Yeah. And yeah. actually, I mean, I think, you know, it's, you know, it is and it still is. A, there's a railroad track, you know, a railroad line. That's the loose line railroad, I believe. Or is it, it is. just, yeah. yeah. It so was. That, yeah. I don't think it is a railroad anymore, though. Okay. I, and again, I don't want to get too into it because I'm not, I don't know the answer. But Tony, yeah, you're right. You can, t- like, from my house, I'm a few miles away from that trail myself, but I could technically bike down there and then go as far west as, boy, I mean, it, it goes way out. It west, goes out there. 50, yeah. 60 miles west. And then, yeah, yeah, I could take it straight into Minneapolis as well. Yep. So. so it's great. Like I said, like Dave said, it's a great brewery. Me and Els and Dave were there. Uh, they got some really good beers. Um, some of their beers are based, are named after some lakes and some other things and they just they have a ton of stuff and it's a huge space uh it's in an old i i what would i put it it's kind of a office complex it? kind did of I deal up or did nobody locked up we're all good okay good deal yeah, no, right good. yeah uh it's an old office comp or an office complex parking is not the best parking sucks but good place so if you're going to give it a knock parking would be the only one 
Like, mm -hmm. so I don't even know. A scale one to 10, um, it's pretty high up there. It is. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Connor, what you got today? I know you have something new. Again. I do. Yeah. I do have something new. Um, so this weekend, me and my wife went to a wedding of a couple of uh, very dear friends of ours, and they had their rehearsal dinner at a brewery in Prior Lake named the Boathouse Brothers Brewing Company. Ooh. And I am drinking, I, I bought a couple of Crowlers and I'm drinking the General Quarters American IPA. Uh, and this, I tried it for the first time on Friday night and I think it's delicious. It's definitely, I would put it in my, it's so good. I think I would put it in my top five IPAs. Wow. Um, it's really, really good. And they have a little description back here. That's kind of fun. That's on the Crowler here. Uh, it says... On a naval ship, General Quarters is the alarm call for battle readiness. In our tap room, it means pale and amber malts blended with plenty of American Pacific Northwest hops. This brew is a collaborative effort of our head brewer and a few of our loyal IPA drinkers. Simcoe, Eldorado, Citra, and Mount Hood hops came together to make it the perfect sailing partner for any beer lover who prefers the balanced bitterness in their glass. And uh, this one, yeah, it, it does, it's very hoppy, but it doesn't, it's just the right amount of hoppy. Uh, it, it, and it is 7.2 ABV. Wow. Oh, interesting, Connor. That's a pretty high praise for you to say that this goes in, might fall into your top five IPAs, because I think this is an it's interesting delicious. question. I have an interesting question for you. I know you're an IPA lover. And mm -hmm. the fact is, if you walk into almost any liquor store these days or beer store, um, let alone brewery, the selection of IPAs is off the hook. I mean, there's so many IPAs out there. In mm -hmm. fact, that's what, mo you know, and I don't know if that's because it, those beers are easier to brew or what you could get into mm -hmm. that reasoning. I know they're quicker to make at the very least, but it seems like that's a hard statement to make top five because there's just it so is. much out there in yeah, that category. There is so much out there. And, you know, I, I, I just love IPAs in general, but, uh, you know, there's a, I think there's a certain type of uh, hoppy and uh, citrus that I really like, and this and this has it has all the all the right ingredients to to make a good IPA in my opinion. Uh, it says American IPA, but I wouldn't be surprised if they described it as the West Coast for sure. Nice, nice. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So, how far away is that brewery from the casino? Uh, not far. Um, Boathouse. I I think I when I drove over because uh, we actually had to park at the casino oh. later that night. And I think it was, it was, uh, it was like 10 minute drive. I think. Oh, so you're saying that we could do a podcast at this boathouse place and then go to the casino afterwards. You know, we probably could. Cause I talked to the, I talked to one of the bartenders over there and I mentioned that uh, I'd be using this on the show, um, mm -hmm. here today. And, uh, uh, just as long as we tag them on the uh, on the post, which of course we will, um, yeah. and uh, then yeah, we could. Uh, I'm sure that if I hit that guy back up again, we could do a podcast over there. It's a fairly big space. Good. Uh, and oh, there's. Uh, I love that it's called Boathouse because there is a small section where the seating is basically a lot like you're sitting on a pontoon. Cool. So it's it's a and that's that I think would be the perfect place to do the podcast. Is it is it on the lake or not? uh i don't know i i i don't think so i i could be wrong about that though okay well i'll have to check it out i mean that's a that'd be a good place to go to yeah um like it's i said we we've, we've got a sh shit ton of breweries in the metro area we still have to hit up uh good lord um 
you guys had new beers. I really, I mean, new breweries. I didn't. Uh, I think we've had Tin Whiskers on the show before, but it is a new beer from Tin Whiskers I haven't had before. It's called Button Masher. It's a mixed berry smoothie sour. It, uh, it's only 4.7%. It has, I'm trying to think what actual berries it has. And I really, I don't know. It doesn't tell me about berries, but it, it tastes kind of like a strawberry-esque blueberries, something like that. Maybe so, raspberries. Yeah, that's an interesting name, Button Masher. So mm, I'm not a big yeah. video game player, but I assume mm. it's a reference for your uh, mm. gamers out there. It is. It's yep. got the uh, Nintendo symbol or Nintendo controller symbol on the uh, can there. That's like an it's, original Nintendo controller. Oh yeah, too. it's it's it is going way back. It is. Um, so it's a good it's a good beer. It's four point seven percent for a uh, for a a smoothie, a sour smoothie is pretty good. I've had some uh, uh, sours that have been in the sixes and sevens before, and uh, this being a four point seven is really good. Um, I don't think you could drink more than maybe one or two of these just with all the sweetness in it. Um, you kind of have to watch yourself with sour beers um, with sweetness because you'll, they'll give you a bellyache after a while. Um, yeah, I think, I think we, I think I talked about this before, but uh, I, the reason, one of the reasons I like sours is they are a great sipper, a mm-hmm. sipper beer. Yeah. So if you're looking yeah. just to have maybe a beer or two at, you know, after the end of a, a long, especially in the summer, Mm-hmm. It's a great beer yeah. that, because it's not, it's, I wouldn't call it a crushable beer by any sense. It, it's, no. it's the kind of beer you can open up and drink over the course of maybe an hour, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Um, so, speaking of uh, video games, boys, talked about this before the podcast, I now have a 6300 video game machine in my house um, that I purchased, um, upgraded my Golden Team machine to 6300 video games. And I was going through all the video games and there's a lot of games in there, guys, that I don't even know what the hell they are. I, seriously, I don't even remember them being in the arcades and, and maybe that's because they're so old. Um, but I will say this, playing these old games while drinking a beer is one of the greatest experiences in the world. And the younger generation probably won't will be like, well, well, video arcades, what the hell? No, for us people, you know, people in their probably their late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they remember going to bars and arcades and crushing some of these games out and and, and ha- having a good time with their friends. And dude, this just brings back all the memories. Yeah, like people of a particular age, especially mm-hmm. like Tony, our age and more. I mean, we grew up kind of in video arcades going to the yeah, mall and yeah. Con- connor i don't know if you could say the same thing but oh no they... I, did. I did okay okay good um, so thanks for making us not sound too old then <laughs> no yeah I, I grew up uh going to i mean I, I did junior bowling when i was little but they had had an arcade there and they would have like all the pinball machines and like one of the original street fighters and uh all those uh all those kind of old segas uh god what, what do you call uh konami games and yeah uh, yeah uh but yeah tony i can't imagine you would ever get tired of that machine 6300 oh. games can you play oh. that many games in your lifetime no and i and well the thing is that it's kind of a how would i put it it's kind of false advertising on a 6300 games because there's a lot of games that are doubled up because there's a u.s version a japanese version oh. version 2.8 like street fighter has like 15 versions 
uh, Mortal Kombat has like 20 versions of it. So a lot of those games, especially the fighting games, have like a lot of versions of it. So 6300 is not really a number. It might be around 4,000 um, when you take out all the different versions of it. That's still I, a lot, though. I will say I purchased this from a place called Arcade uh, Arcade One Up Mods, uh, and they had made this XL kit, which is for all you gaming nerds out there, two joysticks on the sides and a trackball in the middle. Okay. So you can play all the golf games, the bowling games, and then you got the joysticks on the sides. They sent to me, it was one of their new kits. Putting it together was a pain in the ass, A. The sound still doesn't work right on it. <laughs> and after a day I had it, the SD card and the emulator went bad. So I paid a good, good amount of money for this thing to come in and have all these things go bad. What I will say is this. Uh, I paid that money so I wouldn't have to set up all the joysticks. If you guys turn this thing over and look at the bottom of the joystick case, all the wiring that goes into it, there's no way I could have done that myself. Um, I thought about it, but there's no way. Uh, but now I have it up and running. The sound still is terrible. I got a new amplifier for it, but at least all the games work and uh, the cabinets back up. And, you know, this summer when Perv's Pub is back fully open and we have full capacity, uh, we'll be playing some of those games. I'm sure Dave will be up here. Connor, you'll have to come up sometime this summer oh, yeah. uh, to the to the house. And we have barbecues probably once every two weeks up here. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, we're gonna we're gonna we might have to have a supplemental podcast on on on, on all of this video gaming action because yeah, you know, we do have a few things to talk about today, don't we? Yeah. We have a lot of things to talk about today. Like you said, um, yeah. dude, actually podcast live at the barbecue. I can only imagine how that would go. That'd be fun. Yeah. Good times. Uh, quickly before we get into the uh, loon stuff, just before we go, um, we all have had our shots, our vaccines. Um, so we're all getting vaccinated. Um, so, you know, we will be set to go back out to breweries at some point in the near future when things open back up um, and it gets nicer outside. So, the Zoom casts will slow down as the season goes on and we'll have more at brewery stuff going on. And I, I mean, I do love, you know, talking about changes uh, over the course of the past year. I do love the fact that we have the ability to do a Zoom cast and mm -hmm. something we didn't do when we first started. So mm -hmm. I'm looking into, I'm looking forward to that ability just so we can have more frequent and maybe shorter podcasts as the season goes along. We but yeah, we do, we do have to get our first uh, brewery a podcast under our belt at some time hopefully soon without uh, our former friend and producer and contributor david sterling so it, yeah that's that'll be, yeah. that's gonna be a shit show yeah it's it probably be will show. be the first it probably will the yeah. first time but hey we yeah. gotta get it done he had a mac it was so easy he had a mac i don't have a mac his, his yeah. stuff was easy the mac i've got a windows thing so um so let's get some loonstock guys first off let's talk about our big signing it's probably and it's probably that since we last recorded it's easily the biggest news for the club yes Definitely. it is and he is here on loan i think you're right the loan yes. yep. uh, yep. with the with the option to buy uh it is abila and he comes he comes from uh boca juniors uh he was with i did he come from boca juniors guys or he was with somebody he else yeah he okay. well he was most recently with with boca okay. juniors in fact he he um he actually played 44 games with uh, Reynoso, mm -hmm. Reynoso. Yeah. So they have a little, you know, and you look at those two guys, they're both coming from 
Boca Juniors, you know, the art, no, I wouldn't even say arguably, probably, well, you, I guess you could say arguably with River Plot and, you know, one of the biggest clubs in South America, definitely one of the biggest clubs in Argentina. And mm-hmm. although they, you wouldn't call them stars, it's interesting that they played together. You know, there, there's definitely some familiarity there. So I think that's, yeah. that's an interesting thing. Well, that's another big thing is that uh, in an interview, uh, Ramon Avila did say that it was his relationship with Reynoso yes. that helped him decide to come to Minnesota United. Correct. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was his big, a big, because uh, he was wanted by a couple other teams, Connor. Yeah. Uh, so a couple other teams wanted him and bigger teams than the Loons mm-hmm. and his relationship with uh, Ray and um, Ray's talking to him and saying, hey, Minnesota's great. I love it up here. I love Adrian Heath of the guys I play with come up here. Let's make this team a great flipping team. And, and we got them. Uh, the only problem I have in we'll nitpick him a little bit. Um, he is older. He does have a little bit of injury history. Um, and the injury thing, we went through this last year with a lone guy yep. uh, that we never really even saw on the pitch. Um, so there are some things that are concerning, uh, but we had to get somebody. And if this is the, I think this is the best guy that we could have gotten at this point. Um, somebody totally, familiar yeah, totally. with Ray. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. In fact, I mean, I think I was kind of proven wrong. I think, in, you know, if you go back and listen to the last couple of podcasts, I honestly thought this team was going to stick with its conservative approach. You know, we, you know, we last recorded after they had signed a striker in, in Juan Agadello, who could certainly fill that spot and provide depth, especially, you know, considering the success that they had with Lude in the false nine. And so I think I was on record of saying, I didn't necessarily think this was going to happen, but you know, it, it's a loan deal. It's a one-year loan, like, and Connor, you mentioned option to buy, but you know, it, it's not like a massive commitment, but it's something that gives you really, it gives me more confidence now going forward into the 2021 season as looking, look, this team is looking to win now, win this year. They were already strong, obviously Western cup, you know, Western conference, you know, appearance or Western conference final appearance last year. And a move like this is telling me that that's where they want to be. That's where they expect to be next year. This yes. year. I should say. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, it's a, it's a great move. Um, it, it really, catapults the offseason from kind of a middling offseason to an above average offseason yes um yeah because you 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 look at it like you know you don't you you yeah if you, you can complain about it yeah he's he's 31 okay he may not be here for five years but he he might very well be a big piece of this season maybe next we'll see but you know he doesn't he doesn't have to be the long-term option. I just like going forward into the season that it shows you that they are aggressively trying to make this club stronger than it was last year, arguably. So, And we, we, the hope is that Ray and him can kind of have this, they already have a connection. So the yeah. hope is these two can reconnect, get back on the same page and, you know, get some goals. Um, you are really, you're trying to replace Molina's, uh, Molino's uh, goals and his what he did on the on the uh, attacking side. Uh, so this is a good kind of starting piece for that. It is, and uh, if you look back at his recent years with Boca Juniors, you'll notice uh, he made 40, 48 appearances for Boca Juniors, and obviously now he's on loan with Minnesota United, so he's still technically with Boca Juniors. But 
when you look at his 48 appearances, he scored 23 goals. So that's one goal about every two games. Which is great. Which is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. We needed, we've always needed a goal scorer like that. We thought Amaria could have done that last year. Uh, and it was looking good at first, but was, then, yeah. uh, obviously you mentioned it before, Tony, the, the, the injuries and mm-hmm. the, the, the mistakes that, well, not, not mistakes, but uh, just, it didn't work out for us. Uh, it's, and the, the history doesn't, uh, doesn't support it in that way. No. And it's, it's been, you know, throughout his tenure here in Minnesota, it's been, that's been, it's just been a carousel up top, you know, in that striker mm-hmm. position, I, you know, a combination of um, him not being able to find his guy, so to speak, and yep. having consistent play up top and, or injuries like it was last year. Um, and, and so that continues and the carousel continues. And now we have a, a new, hopefully star for Minnesota United up top. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, we'll just have to hope that, uh, like you said, Connor, that with his connection, that he can kind of step in and make a early impact, you know, and like you said, Armaria did that early in the season last year. So, yeah, yeah. It, it just adds, I mean, we're talking about they're playing, they're going to play their first game this Friday. Yep. Um, and it just adds to that excitement going into the opener. So it does. Yeah. Thrilling. It does. And, um, so he comes in, uh, which is a great addition. Uh, there is some rumors. There are some rumors that they're trying to get another guy who would play for Boca Juniors. Um, anybody want to attempt his name? Uh, Fragapane, is that what you're talking about? Yes, um, yes. Left winger. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Sterling had to put on a text to all of us that he should play it on the right wing the other day. So we don't know if he's good on the left or the right. Oh, God, is he becoming the new Robin Lud? He's becoming the new Robin Lud. It's crazy. But he is a left winger. Um, And so that whole pipeline from Boca Juniors uh, continues. Uh, You might as well just call us uh, Boca Juniors North, I guess. I I don't know um, (laughs) what to say about it. but You know what? I love it. I really do. I love it. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a good pipeline to have if you're if you're going to continue in that and it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense you know and I, I think they know that and i do want to clear up that uh he started his career with boca juniors but he's actually playing for talleres right now yeah he uh, didn't which is i think that's where that's where amaria played for wasn't it? I, th- I believe he might have yeah um he didn't actually have any overlap with ray or uh avila so um they don't really know him but he is a boca juniors product so I mean, yep. same style, same system. Uh, so maybe, I don't know. I, I Could we fill uh, three positions in our attacking positions from Boca Juniors? We might be able to do that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they sign him out. Um, another piece of uh, roster news, guys, we should talk about is Ike Opara. Uh, it came out on Twitter. I think there were some, a couple of announcements saying that Adrian Heath was pretty much at the end of his rope in terms of uh, what was going to happen with Icapara. And it looks like if they make a move, it's going to be this week and they could potentially just um, pay him off and get him off the roster. And I think Ike will be retiring uh, due to concussion uh, I mean, he's had numerous concussions. I think we talked about on the show before. I think that's why he has not been able to play for the last year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, Adrian is pretty much to the point where he says, hey, it's just not going to happen. 
and we need the roster spot and Ike, I think we'll retire after we do that. So, yeah. and you hate to see it, you know, with, with, with a play with a player of uh, Ikofara's caliber, caliber, two-time defender of the year uh, of the MLS, and uh, obviously he's the he's basically the player who came in and completely changed our defense defensive mindset. And uh, I would argue that uh, if uh, maybe him and Ozzy Alonso alone were a big yeah. reason why we went from being just an expansion team to a playoff team every year. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you, you, they went from giving up 70 plus goals in their first two seasons to giving up, you know, what, 40 goals, 44 Not goals last that. year. It was, yeah. yeah. But it, it was a huge, and th- th- I said this before too. It, it that back line um, was a massive reason why you're why the team was competitive is just because you at least you know you can you have a chance in every single game you you play if yep. you can if you can stop the other team. So I, I it is sad to see it go. I, I the writing's been on the wall, you know, especially with when we've talked about this as well. You, the depth that they added, you know, on the backfield or the back line you know, with defenders either through the draft and signings, they got, you know, they brought in Retalia and they drafted well. Oh, and we should say they did, you know, they made it official since we last recorded. Um, Nabila Kibunguchi, sorry if I mispronounced that name, but, you know, he's officially signed and with the team as a defender as well. And mm-hmm. so there are options to replace him. And, you know, quite frankly, they, they had to live through this last year as well. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's a sad ending to a great, career i think um i mean to have him for the year do we have him for one or two years guys did he play technically two he played uh, he played played one 2019 and then obviously 2020 was uh, was a weird year for everybody but he didn't play for most of that and uh but yeah to have him uh for the two years that we did uh, had an amazing 2019 season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, two-time defender of the year. Yes. Um, yeah. Two times. Yeah. Well, to come up here and 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 for that 2019, and everybody kind of played off like, well, you're picking up this older guy, older defender who's kind of, you know, he had he was good, but now he's kind of on his last legs. And have him have that great year he did. Uh, we really picked up this team, and uh, I wish it would have continued. I wanted to continue so bad. Uh, yeah. but, uh, unfortunately it looks like it's not going to continue. Yeah. Um, shining light there is that, uh, last year we did that Minnesota did prove that we can defend without Ike though. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously I, if we did have, Ike, I think that would boost our de- defense that much more. Yes. But when you have players like Debasi, like Foxall, like, uh, aha, you know, not aha's not here anymore, but well, and, um, and that's, that, that is, I mean, uh, it's interesting that you bring up that name. Aha. I mean, cause like, I think that was just a massive signing for last year for 2020. And it, that was a massive signing. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally disappointed that he's not still with the team because I thought he did a tremendous job filling in when he needed and he was needed. Now that being said, yes, the team did make numerous moves to, uh, to mm-hmm. have a back line that's as well, good, if not better, this year. And I think they wanted to go younger on the back line, too. I think they mm-hmm. wanted to find some younger guys, which they did uh, in the offseason. And we'll talk about those guys in a little bit here. Well, yeah, because um, you, you do talk, you know, speaking of young, you know, Ike Parr is not a young man. Well, he, yeah. Compared to me, he is. But, uh, but you know, you look look at, you know, even a mainstay over the last two years now, like Boxel, he's 32, mm-hmm. DeBossi's 31. So, yeah, you do have an aging, mm-hmm. like, 
solid back line, but it is aging. Yeah. So um, one of the roster thing we'll get into quickly, guys. Uh, Debassi did not play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a little bit banged up. I don't know if he'll be available for the first game this coming up Friday. Uh, Heath had mentioned, I believe, that they he was trying to get back into training this week. So who knows if he will play in this Friday's game. I don't think he'll start. Um, he might come in as a sub, but um, so he will. I don't think he'll be in the starting 11 uh, when we start when we have our opener this Friday. Yeah, quick hitter about that. Yeah, Tony, that is good. So, of course, as we record this on Sunday prior to the opener, um, they played their final kind of, I guess you, we don't, we aren't going to get into the details, but they played their final preseason tune-up this past Friday. Right. And uh, like you mentioned, of course, Debassi was not in there. Um, Brent Coleman started. And so, you know, that would be, I guess, a logical choice to start, but just with his experience, but we'll see, I think we'll get into predictions later, but that could be an option. And then just to tie that into who uh, Ramona Bila, who we were talking about earlier, he mm-hmm. did get his first uh, game action in over a year. He played about 20 minutes in the second half. Yep. And that was his last game action since uh, January of last year. So it's been a while. Um, well, uh, I, we'll see what happens with if Debassi's out, if Kalman stays in the starting lineup, because uh on Friday, he'll be fine. Uh, the next game we have our home opener if Kalman is, is in the starting lineup. Um, he hasn't played in front of any fans yet after what happened last year. So we'll right. see if that carries over to this year or not. Um, we'll see. So let's get into some predictions, guys. First of all, let's talk about starting lineups because the starting lineups for this year are going to be a little different than last. Well, a lot different than last year. Uh, we have some new players. Uh, we have some players who are have uh, made a name for themselves in international play. Uh, Sonny Dotson is is one of the big ones, uh, and we have a goalkeeping uh, kind of situation going on. Yeah. Uh, we have a young star, and we have an old veteran that uh, will be fighting for time. So. Uh, let's start with you, Connor. Who do you think is going to start off for our starting eleven uh, this year? And let's right. let's preface this by saying I'm not talking about Friday's lineup. Friday's Are lineup. About a preferred lineup going. I'm talking about preferred lineup starting for Friday's lineup is going to be totally different because we've got injuries and things like that. I'm talking about probably the best starting eleven that we have right now. Oh, well, there are a couple of areas that I really struggled with on this one because uh, we were talking about before the podcast, uh, but there are a couple of areas where we have depth and it's a really good problem to have, but it's still something to struggle with when you're starting, when you're talking about your starting, starting 11. I, at goalkeeper, I would personally start DSC because he's proven last year that he can come out and start when you need to. Tyler Miller was injured. um, And I think they made the right decision by starting DSC instead of uh, Greg. And uh, so I would start DSC. He's a, he's a young guy. He's going to, he's, he's been going to the Canadian national team sometimes. And he's, I, th- I think he still has a little ways to go before we see his prime, but he's still great. So DSC and goal back line. So we've got left. So we've got the left back. Uh, that one I also struggled with, but I think I, I mean, I don't see, I don't see a better choice right now than Chase Gasper. Uh, Hassani Dotson could go over there technically, but Chase Gasper is the one more, more, more familiar with that, uh, uh, with that position. So I think I would start Chase Gasper there. 
the two center backs, assuming everyone is healthy, uh, Boxy is the automatic uh, first starter there. Uh, and if Debassi is healthy, put Debassi in uh, as the second center back. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, in case you're wondering, I'm going with a 4-2-3-1 uh, formation here. Uh, we're going to go with that. On the right side, uh, Romain is the automatic starter there. That was a no-brainer. Defensive mid, another area that I very much uh, struggled with because you have great players in that area because Dotson could also play in that position. You've got Gregus, you've got Alonso, and you've got Will Trapp that you can that you can start. All capable of starting a game. Who I would prefer to start in that area is Gregus and Alonso because they already have a good starting relationship. And Alonso, I think, is uh, very uh, a lot. You know, a lot of people say he's getting old. He's uh, he, he's kind of washing up. He's getting toward the end of his career. But I think over the past couple of years, he's still proven that he can do well in that position, even with uh, with him getting, he's what, 35 now, 34? Yeah. Um, so Alonso, uh, but Alonso can still prove that he can control the midfield and he's just so calm. He, he never gets frazzled in the midfield. So I, I think that will work for us along with Greg um, They That combination has always worked for us. So I, I say, why change it? Will Trap uh, can get a start in there every now and then. Uh, I think well, no no disrespect to Will Trap. I think he's a great player, but I think uh, we should go with you know if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we'll go with the three now. Uh, the the attacking midfield. Uh, the number ten position is obviously Reynoso. There's that one is the biggest no brainer in the history of time. Uh, we've and then on the left. Oh, it's all, it all depends on whether you want Robin Lewis to play left or right or not. Um, you got. Uh, well, I, I don't. Does it matter? I think the bigger <laughs> question is who do you want on the right? Because I think where Lude plays depends on who's on the right, right? Yeah, so but. even if we sign this guy, Fragapane, I would still rather see Ethan Finley on the right side. I mm -hmm. think he's so fast and I think he's got great playmaking ability. If he does have a, if he does have one weak weakness, he does get a little frazzled when he's under pressure. But uh, he, I, I think he's proven, I think he's proven himself very well. And to have, obviously, it's just it's a bit biased for us because to see to see a Minnesota boy on the on the Minnesota lineup. No, Tony, I see your face there. You're gonna say Wisconsin or or. No, see, Sterling's not on this podcast anymore, so he can't argue with us about right, whether right, Finley's right. from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. um, so Finley on the right, Lewitt on the left, and then uh, Ray, on, Ray in the middle, and starting up top is Avila. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's uh, interesting. I think if, you know, and I wish he was with us right now, but if David Sterling was with us, I, I think this conversation would turn into a three-and-a-half-hour discussion. I really yes. do. Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, for me, Connor, everything that you said, it follows what I'm thinking. With the exception of midfield, um, defensive mids, I think that uh, Will Trap starts along with uh, Jan. And I believe Ozzy is kind of the, I'm going to call him the closer, uh, to use a baseball term. I think Ozzy is the closer. I think that Will Trap starts off. And depending on how the game goes, I think Ozzy comes in in the second half and closes things out. I believe Ozzy is kind of on, oh, he's on the back legs of his career. Um, he is not a, as game fit as he was, you know, two, three years ago. 
Um, he, he is better positioned to come in and late in the game and make sure that we don't give up goals um, if we are so ahead. He wants to use subs. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's that's a point too. But if he's going to use a sub, it's going to be uh, Will uh, Ozzy for Will Trap um, late in games. If Ozzy is starting, I think that you will see them uh, sub out Ozzy quickly. Um, at least, if not, you know, early in the second half, uh, maybe midway in the second half. Ozzy is not in a position now to play an entire game. He's just not. He cannot play 90 minutes. Um, so Will Trap is going to see a lot of time there. And I think Ozzy's going to kind of just piggyback on Will Trap a little bit. Will we see an Ozzy Will Trap combination? We might, depending on the games. Um, and I'm, 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 there's a big elf in the room here, guys. Hassani Dotson. I mean, do you think Hassani Dotson could start some games? I believe he can. I, I believe, believe he can't. Can, but Will Heath start him? That is the question. Everybody can, I see it on Twitter. Everybody's saying, well, Hassani Dotson should be a starter. He should be a starter. He should be a starter. Yes, we believe he should be a starter. But in Heath's mind, is he a starter for this team? Right. That's the key question. Yeah, it I'm glad you brought, yeah, I'm it, glad you brought that up, Tony. I really am. I, it's a great conversation to have. And I think it just goes to, to, to speak about the depth that this team has right now. And what I have, I've been, we've all been fans of Dotson since he started here. But the biggest thing for me since he started with his team is his flexibility. The fact yes, that he come, exactly. he can play in the defense. He can play in that midfield. He can even play up on a wing spot if necessary. Yeah. He plays all over the field. Yeah. And I love that flexibility. And I'm pretty sure that Heath likes that too. Yes. And I know he likes the player be, you know, because Dotson had plenty of time last year, whether it was coming off as a early or late sub, he got into a lot of games. And I think that's going to continue. We're going to see Dotson on the field a lot this year, but I think, I think to answer your question, Tony, I, I don't think he'll be in the starting lineup. And I, and I totally understand if, 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 you know, if you're listening to this podcast and, and are screaming at me saying that he should be in the starting lineup, I totally get that. But I just think if we're talking about Adrian Heath and we're talking about the lineup and the depth that mm -hmm. this team has, I don't yeah. think you'll see him. Yeah, and we, and we can talk about, we can talk about that from a, I'll go back to baseball again, guys, numerous players in baseball are good at, multiple positions and people will scream and say this guy should be starting every game at a position but on certain teams it's best to have that guy be able to start numerous positions yeah and i think he sees hasani dotson that way on the minnesota national team that hasani dotson plays on the olympic one we the olympic one yeah. yeah he can play he can be a starter there because they don't yeah. have guys behind him chomping at the bit well, not, but and not team like ours. He, I mean, Heath just thinks that he's better being a Swiss Army knife than he is being a starter. Well, and and actually, to to your point, Tony, you know, as far as his national team credentials are concerned, his flexibility is a huge plus. Yes, and the fact that he can play that, and so as long as he keeps that going, he could he could be a part of the senior national team in that yeah. same role. He could yeah. be yeah. that player that kind of fits in where needed. What a to use your word, Swiss Army knife. What a, what a what a weapon to have to be able to plug a player of his caliber. You know, you know, we're talking about the U23 in the Olympic qualification, but I mean, going forward to the senior national team, he could play the same role, and yeah, I think could. that's exciting. Yeah, you know, I, I think Asani Dotson is in a, in the rare position 
where he's not necessarily a start. He could be a starter. I, I'll agree with you guys there. Uh, he's not necessarily a starter for this team, but I do think that even if he's not a starter, he is in the rare position where he's indispensable um, yeah, because, mm, of, very because much. of his versatility, because uh, we've, we've called him a utility player before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can play in defense. He can play defensive midfield. He can play attacking midfield. Uh, and that's what makes him so special to this team, even if he doesn't start. So, uh, yeah, I say if you want to start him, fine. I think he's very capable. But in this case, uh, with this team, he doesn't start, but he's an almost 90% sure sub, I would say. And my my feeling is this. If you thought – if he thought he was going – it was a good starter and want to take him out of that Swiss Army knife role, they wouldn't have gone out and gotten Will Trapp. I mean, they 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 would have said, okay, we we don't need Will Trap, but I, I I truly believe this. Heath loves having Asani Dotson sitting there on his bench, able to go in at any position that he wants him to, and and do great. Yeah, and that's I mean, a great how, problem to have. It is. And how crucial was Dotson last year? You know, when Alonzo went out and you know had injury injury issues throughout the mm-hmm. season, and Dotson was just able to step in and, and you know anywhere else. It just, he was absolutely Dotson was extremely essential to the success that this team had last yeah. year, and I fully believe that's going to be the case this year as well, even if he's not in that you know normal starting eleven. So, so speaking, also, of- I mean, the, the just one more thing, Tony. Um, the, his uh, obviously it, it, we all know this, but uh, his ability to shoot from long range is a big one too. It, certified, it, certified banger. Yep, bangers certified. only. So I no, I don't do bangers only. Huh? I call them certified bangers. Okay. Because they're certified, they really are. Yeah. Starting a new thing, certified bangers. All right, certified uh, bangers. Certified bangers. Uh, Dave, you're starting eleven. Well, good. Okay. Um, since I'm going last, I don't have a lot to change with what you guys said. I'm glad you got brought up dots in there and that it was a good conversation to have. Um, the only thing I would say, so here, a couple things. I, I think, you know, love me or hate me. I think there's two players that you have to have on the field and that's going to be Gregus and Lud. So that kind of basically tells you how I feel about the starting 11 after what you guys had said. No, and Ray, um, Ray has no, to be on the field too. Well, okay, Ray, but I mean, that was a, that was assumed, like you said, Connor, and that, and that, that is one of the biggest, that is, I guess, if you're, if you're nervous about the success, success of this team in 2021, it, everything revolves, like, I mean, everything revolves around Ray. So if, if one guy got injured, and that was one player who was named Emmanuel Reynoso, you'd have some massive problems for this team. That's the biggest issue. But yeah, clearly, he's a no brainer. But I'm just saying, like if you're going to have a discussion about the formation or players, I mean, I do see Lude and Gregus as your starters. So really it only brings into qu- the one, the one thing I will say is I feel like I'm kind of the only person who kind of projects Tyler Miller as being as the first choice goalkeeper. Sure. Um, yeah. And I feel that way only because that, that's who they, they brought him in to be the first choice goalkeeper last year for at least a couple of years. That was the plan. They signed, you know, he had a multi-year contract. Obviously, things didn't work out last year with his injury. Uh, it was fantastic to see Dane come in and just do what he did. I just still feel like knowing who our head coach is, I just feel like he's going to lean towards Tyler Miller and his um, experience a little bit over Dane St. Clair. And I, I just, the reason I feel like I might be the only one 
predicting this is because, you know, you go to MLS.com or you go to, you know, anybody that who's trying to project starting 11s for each team in the MLS, you know, Dane St. Clair is the choice. And I don't have a problem with that. I just feel like, well, you, you've got a guy on a, the roster like Tyler Miller, who let's not forget has had tremendous success, you know, over the course of his career, he was looked at, you know, for a call up to the U S men's national team at times. I mean, he's a very talented goalkeeper. You're paying him, a significant amount of money. Um, and so I, that's the one change. I, so it'll be interesting. You look at the preseason. I know we decided not to spend a lot of time looking at preseason, but, you know, Tyler Miller started a couple games and DSC started a couple games. And here's what I don't really, I don't want to see a rotation in goalkeeper. Do you guys? No, not no. At all. no. I, and so no. Th- that's why it was tough. Like, I'm like, I don't want to see a rotation because I think you need a guy to be consistently back there. For him to to be good just to get those game after game after. we saw what uh, oh my gosh help me out tony the italian uh oh you're talking uh, vito, about uh, vito minone yeah. started yeah. at, you know in, you know he yeah. started every game in 2019 and what a season yeah. he had. And, and you know he that's kind of what i want to see i, I want to see an every game starter i think we've had we've proven that that track record of, ha- of having a number one goalkeeper i want to avoid a rotation and that's why i'm going to lean with miller and goalkeeper he's the start you know as a starter because of experience now that being brings up a huge question you need to get minutes and games for dsc but how do you do that i don't know well in dsc i think he'll be uh well i mean I you, think he's, guys- he's gonna be he's gonna be gone a couple times this year for canada's team Right. Um, so that helps Tyler Miller out. I don't, Dave. I I don't disagree with you that they paid a you can you of, can disagree. You can I don't I don't disagree with you. They paid a shitload of money for Tyler Miller, but in sports, you know this as well as I do. You can pay a shitload of money for a guy, but if somebody younger and cheaper comes up and is better than you, you're going to play the younger and cheaper guy, and you yeah. should play the younger and cheaper well, guy. And and yeah, I yep, you should. But here's here's the thing. Like I, I'm I'm just really curious. Like as good as Dane St. Clair was, like remember now, I he he got lucky a little bit last year. He was a little bit he got a little bit um, lucky with the post. And I mean, I think he was a little bit. He showed his he showed the how young he was a few times last year. I yeah. think. And I yeah. just wonder, I, I just wonder if if a Heath is gonna is going to lean towards that experience because he, well, he i mean dane sinclair had brilliant moments but he's he almost he's almost like a veto in the sense that mm-hmm. he has these moments of brilliance but then he has those other moments where whoa what, what was he thinking and you know he got bailed out by you know the crossbar or the the, 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 the back line i feel like every goalkeeper has those mm-hmm. issues though uh like tyler miller uh very competent goalkeeper and i'm not trying to take anything away from him but uh he has those, he does have those issues where he might try, he might distribute the ball a little bit awkwardly, or he, uh, he comes out a little bit too far from the net. And DSC mm-hmm. has those, DSC has those uh, issues yeah. too, don't get me wrong. Uh, but when you really, I think the reason I'm leaning toward DSC is because, um, I mean, you said it, Tony, he's younger, he's, and I think he's, has a brighter future. Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, Do I? Uh, so I I say a goalkeeper of Tyler Miller's um, caliber, if he's not starting, we might want to think about transferring him. Yes. Um, and it sucks because he's got a load of talent, but he 
when you have two a-list goalkeepers like tyler miller he's played for the u.s men's national team a few times mm-hmm. uh, if you have two goalkeepers of that kind of caliber one of and one of them is not starting he's going to be unhappy he's going to yep. not want to play for the team anymore and sooner or later a transfer is going to come in uh it could work the other way for dsc too i don't know but um i i just think if it's me the, the younger the in this case, the, the the fact that DSC is so much younger and ha- and uh, has so much more potential, that's where I'm going. That that's the deciding factor in that. Two one. things, though. Okay. Two things. One thing. For, number one, DSC. When we drafted him, I do remember on this podcast uh, Sterling talking about the fact that DSC has the talent to play in Europe. Yeah. Um, so if if they're going to try to get him as many minutes as possible and hopefully sell him off to Europe, that's great. Um, two, uh, Tyler Miller now is the spokesperson for Shell's beer or actually Grain Belt beer. Sorry, mm, Grain I was Belt. hoping you'd oh, bring that up. Right, yeah. he is. And do you guys remember what I said in the text message? I said, it's a good thing he's a spokesperson for Grain Belt because he'll have a lot of time to drink that Grain Belt sitting on the bench while he watches DSC do his thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a good, guys, again, good problem to have. But yeah. You if 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 Heath goes into this with a rotation back and forth, yeah, Tyler Mill and DSC, I don't think that works for either of those two guys. No, agreed, hundred. That's why you have to make you, you have to make it you have to make a decision at some point. And yeah, and my hope is they choose DSC over Tyler Miller. I I I love Tyler Miller. He's a great player, but DSC is a younger, future, great goalkeeper in this league and potentially in Europe. Um, so you got to give him minutes and you got to let him kind of grow. He grew last year. He grew by leaps and bounds last year because he had to. Well, and now he's shown that he's He's a great goalkeeper. You never, it's, it's an interesting, you know, it's interesting how it happened. It really is. You never hope for injuries. Obviously nobody's hoping for injuries, but it was, you know, when Tyler Miller got hurt early, early last year. Um, yeah, I think, we all thought the sky was falling and then DSC was thrust into that position and what a job he did. So it's not when I, when I say I expect Tyler Miller to be the starting goalkeeper, it's not a knock on DSC. It's just, um, it's just kind of, I'm just looking at it. I'm trying to look through his size, which is really hard to do. Uh, Don't try. It gives me a headache. It gives me a headache. I'm just trying to be realistic in my prediction. So that that's, but to, to, you know, I'll just finish out uh, my starting 11 and we can move on. So obviously Metonair preferred right back, of course. And, and Connor, I agree with you. There's room for argument, but at this point I'm, I'm, I have Gasper out there as well. And then, you know, if you're talking about the course of the season of your center back center backs, it's Boxel and Debassi, in my opinion, for sure. Uh, I love the depth that they have there. And so if somebody wants to come at us and suggest another preferred starter, I would definitely listen to that person, but uh, that's who I'm going with. And then I think, you know, Tony, you brought up a good point uh, as far as your, you know, you know, midfield, um, you know, your six and eight positions. Obviously, I said it. Gregus is going to Gregus is going to be in that spot. I feel your preferred guy, um, Tony, and is Alonzo. Obviously, Ozzy Alonzo. But I do agree with you, Tony. I don't think he's going to be your every game 90 minute starter i don't think so so uh, right now i'm out i almost have a slash between alonzo and will trap um so it'll be interesting to see who gets the most minutes out of those two guys but if i'm if if you're asking me what's my preferred 11 it's alonzo ozzy alonzo but i with a 
you know, an asterisk there, Tony, with exactly what you had said previously. And then, of course, Reynoso. And then you have Abila up top with I and then Connor. I agree with you with Finley on the right. And that puts the loot at the left. So, well, it's funny. You know, it, a, a not very controversial starting 11, or maybe it is, but that's that's it for me. No, Preferred. I think you're good. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny. It's uh, so my dog Draco watches all the games with me. And uh, Dave, when you're bringing up Tyler Miller, Draco was growling. It was mm. weird. He, oh, was, he was not happy about it. Well, guys, uh, don't forget, though, that we got Tyler Miller from LAFC, and mm. he has been part of that rotation goalkeeper system before with Pablo Sistanega. Mm. That's right. Out there. That's right. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why he chose to come to Minnesota. Yeah, he so, doesn't He doesn't want to be in that again. And, and yeah. again, I'll go back to another sport, guys. NHL is the same way. Goalies. Yes, it you is. You want to have a main goalie. Yeah. You're going to put your backup goalie in there every once in a while. If you do rotations, it rarely works. Yeah. It rarely works if you do a rotation with goalies. It really works. And soccer is the same way. You cannot rotate goalies in and out. You have to pick one guy who's your main guy and go with them. And, yes, the backup will come in for a couple games a year, but we'll see how it happens. I, I'm really I'm interested to see how he oh. plays the season out. Yeah, and hey, what, one thing that I do, it doesn't really tie into the story. Well, it does. Uh, one thing we should bring up if we're talking about the roster before we move on is, is the fact that Tommy Chacon was, in fact, loaned out to uh, was right. Liverpool FC. Uruguay. Uh, out of, He's out. Out of Uruguay. The, yeah. the Uruguay, yeah. He I got gone. confused when I got that uh, text. I was like, he got loaned to Liverpool? That's awesome. Yeah, man, Liverpool. I, I mean, it, it is awesome. You know, and sorry to cut you off, Tony, there, but it is awesome the fact that now Tommy Chacon will actually hopefully have the potential to see a significant amount of minutes, Yeah. you know, and, you know, play get some playing time because he didn't get – since Minnesota signed him, he, he hardly saw the field pitch at all. And yeah. – um, you know, remember everybody that he, I think when we signed, when the Minnesota United signed him, I think, uh, sorry, the, when Minnesota United signed him, um, they signed him to, I believe, a five-year contract. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now I, we're already a couple of years into that, but he is, he could be a part of this team going forward. And so this alone is, it has to be looked at as a great thing where well, he maybe can see the field and get some playing time. It is a loan to buy, to purchase though. It is. It is it but... a and the other thing too is I want to bring this up. I think when I said it was Liverpool, we had a little back and forth between us three and Sterling's on our, our text too. And we were talking about why is it called Liverpool? If you have time, go look at the history of why it's called Liverpool and why some of those teams in South America are named after European cities and teams, because it's right. very interesting about how, uh, you know, the way the world worked back in the 1800s and early 1900s. It, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tommy's out. Um, so we have to talk about Tommy this year, which is good. Cause yeah. I mean, and I mean, even, I ahead. do want to bring up another, I do want to bring up another point that uh, Sterling made many, many podcasts ago um, that uh, it's possible that Tommy Chacon was a, a Manny purchase. Uh, yeah, August purchase and not a Heath purchase. Yes, that's true. Uh, so it is possible that uh, that Tommy Chacon, when Heath got all of his new, when all, Heath got all of his new responsibilities uh, with all the purchases and the team and everything, he he didn't have that same faith in Tommy that uh, that man mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you you feel bad for the kid, but uh, 
but you know, it's young, young guy, young guy, never got a chance here. Um, let's, before we go to break guys, let's go through our predictions here. And what I want to do is just talk about quickly, where do you think the loons will place in the Western conference this year? Um, so one through 13, I think, yeah, 13 spots. Yes, it is 13. Yeah. And remember now we have, uh, Austin in the Western conference this year. Yep. Which is amazing. We don't play in Austin this year, though. Do we? Do we no, play in Austin? We do. We do. We do. The, That's right. Late. Toward the end of the season. Late. Like, we don't play Austin in Austin. Is, Austin is still building their stadium and it will be finished in July, June. We don't play. Uh, scheduling this year is freaking nuts. We've had text messages back and forth. I'm not going to get into scheduling this year, uh, but we don't play in Nashville this year. That was my big thing. I wanted them to play in Nashville this year because I wanted to go. Hopefully next year they'll have they'll play in Nashville because they'll have a new stadium, but they do play in Austin and maybe we'll go down there for that game. I want to go down there for the game so bad. Um, keep in mind too that uh, that it's our schedules this year are very conference based. Yes, so, they are. Um, yeah. so when you think about that, that's it's not yeah. really surprising that we're playing Nashville, but yeah, like you said, Tony, it's mm-hmm. a bummer. Mm-hmm. So Dave, let's start with you. All right, good. Where are the loon, where are the loons finish this year? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I'm sure you guys will agree that predicting um, MLS standings is is a fool's errand. First a, of all, it's a crap so, It is. It it so is. Like if you try to predict one through thirteen, who's going to finish? It's it's almost impossible. You Can't just do don't know. It's it's more so than any other you know professional sport in America. I totally believe it's really tough. So, but I will also say i think i correctly predicted fourth last year we both did yeah you and i connor so and that's what we predicted and that was the case it it was and who shit 20 i'm sorry for the profanity but 2020 what what a season to predict i mean who would have thought they played two games then go on hiatus for months and then come back with an mls back tournament and then go to a heavy not just conference-based but region-based uh standing so that was almost that was dumb luck but basically um so i think i think i will start by saying that without a doubt this team is going to be an uh mls cup playoff team for sure i don't think many of our listeners would disagree with that so now it comes down to where do i think they're going to fit in that top seven so here's what i'll say um if you asked me three weeks ago i think i would have had them in that maybe fifth spot or fourth spot maybe um, based on the fact that I see this as a team that's very, very deep, uh, strong back line, good goalkeeping, everything that we talked about already. But now I think with the signing of Ramon Abilia, Abila, I'm going to be optimistic. And I think this is this if this team didn't finish in the top three, I'd be extremely disappointed with the talent that this team has, because this team is literally built to win now. And I don't know if that's going to continue over the course of, say, the next 10 years. I don't, I'm not saying that this Minnesota is going to be the next Seattle where you see them in the playoffs every single year. But as I look at 2021, I see this team as a top finisher. Um, And so I'll make it official. I'm going to put them in that two spot. I'm going to put them in the two spot in the Western conference behind LAFC and in a sandwich, you know, because everybody, everybody's predicting LAFC or Portland to kind of be, you know, that those top couple, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot. 
Um, and so I'm going to put them right at two because that's where this team deserves to be. If you look at this roster up and down, it's arguably the deepest roster in MLS right now. Um, and so that's why I'm putting them at two. I'm going to put it two. And then I, I, I am as tough it is it, as it is to make it back to a Western's conference final. That's exactly where I'm going to put them. I'm going to put them back in that Western Western conference final game. So, and I think I'll save my, I mean, do you want me to predict if they're going to win that game? And make it to the no. MLS Cup. No, that's no. I could save that, but no, I'm just. <laughs> so I, let, let's do. We'll, we'll just do standing. So I'm going to put them in as that second team in the West because that's where I see them. That's where they should be. They're they're they they are they made the moves to win now. I don't know if that'll carry on for ten years, but 2021, they're built to win now, and that's where I see them. Uh, Connor. All right. So uh, after looking at last season and how they finished, and then obviously, Dave, you mentioned the signing of uh, Ramon Avila, which is huge. Uh, we had Amaria last year, but he didn't get to uh, he didn't get to play that much because he became very injury prone. Uh, I know there's a little worry there, but I don't think that's I personally don't think that's going to happen this year for Ramon Avila. I think he's going to stay healthy and I think he's going to score lots of goals. Um I like your prediction, Dave, that uh, it's going to that they're going to be at number two, and I really want to put them there. I'm going to put them at third, though, because um, I think that uh, you know you think about LAFC and Seattle Sounders, but one one team that I almost didn't think of was Sporting Kansas City. Oh yeah. And I think that uh, Sporting Kansas City, he, they still have their big playmaker in Polito, um, and uh, then you have uh, Seattle who might be taking a little step down uh, this year. So I think, so what I think is LAFC is going to win the Western Conference and then Sporting KC is going to be second and will be third. All right. So third place finishers, Connor. Second place, Dave. Which is, and I will say that is the most optimistic I've ever been about a Minnesota Mm. team going into a season, so... I'm taking the optimistic Dave approach. So now I did, I did a lot of research guys. No, I didn't do any research at all. Actually. Um, the fact that we have uh, Austin in our grouping makes it a little bit easier because that is an expansion team. Right. So my hope is we can kick their ass twice this year. I think we play them twice. Do we, we play or three, three times? Three times. Yeah. We should be able to kick their ass three times. That's, you know, that's nine points right there. Yeah, I don't see Austin becoming the next Atlanta United yeah. or LAFC. So looking through our division, guys, I see a lot of teams kind of in flux. And uh, what I mean is uh, a lot of teams who are kind of figuring themselves out. Um, of course, LAFC, that's the top team in the division right there. I don't know how we can beat LAFC uh, in terms of the standings. It- it's it's and again we're doing this on paper you know yeah. you never know how things are going to yeah. turn out who's going to get injured what's going to happen mm-hmm. but yeah if you're doing this on paper it's, it's hard to make that leap yeah it's, it's predictions it's predictions yeah. it's a good point because you know the year that lafc won the sporter shield they, we were like the only team to not lose to them so yeah 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 we, yeah so my feeling is this uh there are three teams who are better than us this year in the Western Conference. Uh, LAFC is one of them. Um, I believe Seattle is another one. And I also believe that Portland is another one. 
yeah, um, I think I mentioned Portland. I don't dis- yeah. disagree, but so I, I'm thinking another fourth place finish, guys. Um, and that's that's not being optimistic. That's being pessimistic. I believe this team can be one of the top two teams in this division. Um, but as a pessimistic guy, as a Minnesota sports fan, because we're very pessimistic here in Minnesota, um, I think a fourth place finish is about right. Isn't that um, great though? If if you're being, you know, we, so we've kind of got the, we've got two, three, four down the line as mm-hmm. our predictions. And Tony, if you're the most pessimistic um, predicting fourth, I think that's uh, a reason to be happy going into the 2021 season. Well, and, Definitely, and, and end my, up in a home, in a home playoff yeah. position. You know? Yes. And I don't see, and you look at the, you look at the teams in this division guys. And I don't see uh, Dallas is not better than us. Colorado. Austin, nope. The Galaxy, no. No. Uh, like San Jose, absolutely flipping not. Yeah. Um, SKC, maybe. I mean, there's a chance with SKC. They're doing some new things. Uh, Vancouver, yeah, I can't. No. No, no I, don't I, so. I don't think so. I don't think they're a threat to us. Uh, Real Salt Lake, that's not happening. Um, so fourth place is good. And, and the fact is, I'm happy with fourth place. I'm definitely happy with fourth place. Um, I mean, we have it like, like I said, two, two, three, four. I don't think we're ever going to get that top spot. I don't think anybody will ever take, I don't think we'll take over in the top spot from LAFC. I just think they're just a juggernaut. Um, so not in the running for the supporter shield this year, but mm-hmm. um, you know, anything could happen. Oh, I shouldn't say they're not. They are the Minnesota United are in Minnesota. I would say United they are, are in. They're outside contenders though. I would yeah. Say. Yeah. yeah. But the, it is exciting, and and like you know, we're we're a fan podcast, and and obviously we're big fans of the team. But it, it is interesting to look if you look on you know MLS.com or even ESPN. Um, pretty much everyone is predicting this team to be a uh, a cup contender. So mm-hmm. I think it's really exciting. It's a very exciting place to be in as a fan. So, all right. So these are predictions for the year. Um, we're taking a little break, guys. We come back. We have um, some stuff to talk about. Uh, Connor, I know you have to talk about League's Cup stuff. Yep. Um, I know that we should talk about the uh, U.S. Open Cup, how that's going to work out this year, because it's totally different than previous years, because there's the, it's it's freaking nuts. I wouldn't even call it the Open Cup this year, because it's really not. Um, we have some history to talk about, and uh, maybe a funny story or two quickly so we're back in a couple minutes guys and welcome back everybody uh took a little break my dog took a piss dave and uh, connor did what they gotta do so we're back um nobody has really new beers i have ayer's been on this podcast numerous times i'm drinking ayer a hazy ipa i love these guys from elk river they're great guys if you haven't checked out Ayer Brewing in Elk River, please do it. Uh, this summer, they're opening up a new brewery. Well, not well, it's new, but it's not. They are opening a new location, a uh, bigger location somewhere. I don't know exactly the specifics of where they're opening it up, but it's some bigger brewery type of thing. And I believe they're gonna, still going to keep the brewery open in downtown Elk River. So if you haven't been there yet, go to downtown Elk River check it out. It's a small place and they're able to do a brewery up in uh, summer in Elk River later this summer. KZ IPA, it is fantastic. Um, 
shout out to them. Shout out to uh, the, uh, what's it called? There's a liquor store in Otsego. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it'll come to me at some point. We have a liquor store in Otsego, guys, who is a small liquor store right next to Target. And you would have thought they're, they would have been done when Target decided to have liquor stores in Targets. But they've maxed out their craft brewery stuff. And let me tell you, they are uh, they are um, doing gangbusters. They opened up a whole new craft brewing thing. They've got a ton of craft brews up there. Napa Valley. Napa Valley Brewing in Otsego. Go there if you're up in this area. Um, another brewery, kind of right. I should bring this up. Clockow Brewing up in uh, Grand Rapids. They did uh, get to back to us on Instagram. And the funny thing is, backstory here, guys. Sterling, when he was doing all this stuff for our podcast, set up an Instagram account. Haven't really used it for a long time. He forgot about it. I forgot about it. He sent me a text saying, hey, Clockow, responding to you guys, to Lunacy on uh, uh, Instagram. They put up, you know, they give us a little response. Um, saying they are the only microcraft brewery in Grand Rapids. So there you go. And also they wanted to let us know that saying that Grand Rapids is not an iron range city is kind of 50-50. Some people are like, yeah, it's not. Some people are 50 saying it is. I will say as a former iron ranger, I don't think Grand Rapids is really an iron range city because it's kind of on the outskirts of the iron range from where i'm from okay i'm from buell middle iron range so um we all have our opinions about it but uh, i want to say thank you to clock l for responding to us on instagram uh luckily we caught that and well, it, um it, it, it's a yeah. beautiful city you know, it is I've, 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 yes. I've only i've been you know i've had i've been up there a few times here recently but mm-hmm. uh it's a beautiful city and i guess um that just gives us a reason to go back up there and uh, check, yeah. hopefully check it out yeah. there. Well, and Connor travels up there for work. So maybe he'll mm-hmm. go back up there and get some more clock out brewing. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess it, like, I mean, yeah, I definitely recognize clock out as a microbrewery, but then what would you call Rapids then? Mm. I, I, I don't know disrespect to clock out. I love their beers. They, last time I was up there, I met the bartender. She was from down here in the cities. She was very nice. Um, but I, I don't I don't see Rapids as anything other than a microbrewery. Well, and to, to, to use your point, Connor, the I, it says something in the in the response, and I I can't remember what the response totally said, but it is they are the only microbrewery there. But it might be a different type of lingo type of thing. But they are the main one, I guess. So um, they are the bigger one. The bigger well, one, yeah. We, yeah, at the very least, we should say thanks for listening and and trusting us. We we yes, always appreciate feedback. And we want to we want to be accurate and uh, we want to be we you know if anybody yes. needs to correct us, let us know on Twitter, or Instagram, or hopefully no, not, Twitter. Not Twitter is our preferred means of uh, conversation. Go, to, go to Twitter. I forget it, but Instagram all the time. Yeah. yeah, Facebook, you know, Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Um, so getting back into loon stock here in the season upcoming um we should mention that the u.s open cup guys is very different this year um there's a lot of twists and turns about what teams are in what teams are out 
from an MLS standpoint, though, they are basing who's in the U.S. Open Cup tournament on the first three games of the MLS season. So that's really interesting. So you almost look at the first three games as a play. Mm -hmm. It literally is a play in tournament to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Open Cup. And uh, so I, I, I wonder how much, you know, it'd be, it would be great to have Heath on right now and say, Hey, how focused are you on, you know, of course they want to win every game they play, but I mean, how, how do you think they view that those first three games? Are they going to put an increased emphasis on those first three games? And it's hard to say increased emphasis because yeah, like I said, you want to win every game, but wow, it's a really odd way of doing that. Well, and to get back to my point, Dave, it's the fact that, the U.S. Open Cup really is not an U.S. Open Cup this year. I, no. It is the the beginning teams this year and the lower leagues are all decided differently. There are some teams that have won their tournaments and are not in. There's something. It, it, it's a crapshoot. If you want to try and go on to USOpenCup.com and take a look at who's in, yeah. who's out, we aren't going to take is, the time to do that. We're not. But this year. I mean, last year there was no U.S. Open Cup. This year, I, I I kind of thought this in the back of my head, it was not going to be a true U.S. Open Cup this year because of COVID is still ongoing. So they're going to make some changes. So, and MLS has made their changes and said, hey, you know, we were deciding that the first three games. And I think it's, uh, you guys know, if, is it four teams or eight teams? I think it's- I think it's eight. Eight. Yeah. So the top eight teams after the first three games will go to the U.S. Open Cup. Now, is that by conference or is it? No, there's no, the there's no it's conference. Just a, it's just a points total yeah. for the entire league. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the guys that one of the guys that I can't remember who it was, but one of the guys at Extra Time called it. It's not even a U.S. Open Cup. It's a U.S. closed cup. This Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And um, it's interesting because they're trying to they're, again they're trying to force things through because money i mean it, it's a money situation yeah they want to make money they it, want to force us through and it is. and and i get it i totally do but why why not just say let's not do u.s open cup again this year let's just i i kind of i kind of yeah, I kind of lean that way, too, because it's mm -hmm. almost like, you know, I hate to say this, but it's almost like, OK, there's an asterisk on the trophy. Now, right. every club in MLS or, you know, it's a trophy like it's important. It's important for the fans. It's important for the club itself, for their trophy case. Like it's something you you want to get, but it there it's a heavy asterisk. Yeah. This well, year. really. And it's, it brings up, I mean, it brings up the fact, we'll talk about this, Connors, we we're talking about Lee's Cup. You're right. You, it's a trophy that gets you into other things. Right. Um, the biggest thing is uh, Corey, a uh, friend of the podcast, Corey from TNE, brought it up. He's, like I said, he said it's not the U.S. Open Cup. It is the U.S. Money Cup now. Mm. It is all about making money for the U.S. Open Cup. And I, I get, I totally understand where the U.S. Open Cup is coming from. They want to make money. They didn't make any money last year. They want to shoehorn as much as they possibly can in this year. And things are going to be crazy this year. The MLS schedule is crazy this year. U.S. Open Cup is crazy this year. Lee's Cup. Everything is freaking crazy because of what happened last year. But yeah. from a fan standpoint, we just kind of have to go with it and yeah. say, okay, it is what it is. 
next year will be we'll be back to normal yeah. <laughs> you know and, and and we can't we're not you know you, you look at you know like you look at the f the over in europe say in england the FA Cup, uh, mm-hmm. like that that was yeah. basically full blown mm-hmm. um but the fact is minus you know the mls is a growing league they are in a massive growth stage right now mm-hmm. and so yes tra- tradition you know is not the most important thing maybe it should be but they are in a growth phase where really what they're looking for is that exactly they're looking for money like you said tony it's all about the money 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 and so the 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 sad fact is where we are in the united states right now is soccer is not it doesn't have its rooted traditions and so those kind of tournaments are not going to take precedence over the growth of your current Mm -hmm. you know national club team schedule and that's just where we are it's just a fact well and again we it's the united states guys you guys truly believe that mls when they started 25 years ago was going to be a traditional league i mean absolutely not no these these teams are in here to make money this is not european Mm -hmm. soccer and great you know uh, and that being said, though, like the, the U.S. Open Cup has been around for over 100 years, right? I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the exact date in front of me, but I mean, it's been it's been a part of this soccer culture for 100, literally 100 years. But yeah. again, as far as a money grab and a money maker, it just hasn't been part of the U.S. soccer culture. It just hasn't. Yeah. Before we get into Leafs Cup, guys, I want to mention that um... – I think Grant from the Dummy Run podcast, which is, I don't usually bring up podcasts on this podcast of our own, but uh, he made a mention on Twitter about relegation. And it's the same thing. Uh, relegation is great in Europe because that's it's tradition. MLS, that will never flip and happen. Right. Well, never say never, Tony. I it's mean, never going to happen. Long. It's never, never going to happen. Never happen because there's, there's no money in relegation. Yeah, we are all about money here. Money, 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 money. And guess what? If COVID hadn't screwed the shit out of last year's 25th anniversary, MLS was all about money, 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 money. Yeah, I hate to get down a wormhole here. I really do. But I mean, I the idea of relegation is is a great idea. And I'm not talking about whether it's feasible here in the US or not. But it it is because you look at the standings, you look at you got in Europe, for example, whether you're talking about the Bundesliga or the English Premier League, you got the top four that are fighting for champion league spots and the Europa League behind that in the fifth spot. Same way with the Bundesliga. And then and then it adds excitement to the bottom of the table. Because mm-hmm. if you're in the bottom three or four, you are fighting to get out of there. And it just exactly yeah. you almost don't need playoffs because you've got that top four fight and you got the bottom three fight. And it like people would complain about not having playoffs, but no, when you get into the last 10, you know, 10 games of the season, you are in the playoffs for That's your right. spot. Yeah, that and is and- it's very intriguing. And yeah, I, I agree, Dave, that uh, relegation, I think, is a, is a great idea. I love the way the English Premier League does uh, the Premier League, the championship, the, the two, League One and League Two. Um, yeah, they, I've almost been great. more, I've been more interested following Fulham, you know, in that bottom three fight than I have been in following the top teams, because I'm like, oh, yeah. is Fulham going to make it? Is Fulham gonna... And I'm not a Fulham fan, for the record, but I just, I've, I've been a follower for years now since, uh, what's his name? 
deuce was over there. We have to, we do have to cut off relegation talk because we can get into relegation talk for a long time about if it's good, it's a bad. We'll we'll save it for a supplemental podcast. But again, Grant brought up a good point and he got killed for it on on Twitter uh, from some people who think relegation is the way to go. And it's just not going to happen. I just, it's it's not possible here. They're just not willing to put the money in the in U.S. soccer infrastructure for that. No, I, and, I, I, I yeah. agree with you. I agree with you, Tony. I just yeah. think never is a long time, but it's not going to happen in the next ten years. Let's say that. I mean, it's, it's not going to. It's, it, it's a ways out if it happens. Here's prediction, Dave. It will not happen by the day that I die. Okay. Well, I mean, it, I think that's a good prediction. It I mean, probably it's, is. it's. I I think that. I think you're right, Tony. I think that sucks, but I think you're right. We 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 am. Final point, guys. MLS you, is well, MLS is Americanized. Well, it's you American very much. So. You you yeah. aren't. Here's the deal, and like that's why I say that's why I brought a that's why I picked a random term of ten years. It's not going to happen anytime soon because you're not going to be charging hundreds of millions of dollars in franchise fees for an MLS team just right. to say, oh, you know what? Next year you're an MLS two or whatever they want to call it. You well, know, you're yeah. not going to charge. You're not, and because I like I said. <laughs> We're in a growth phase. We are Even, in a growth phase. We're not in a value phase. We're in a growth phase. So until that changes, um, Even, yeah, you will not see relegation. But even out of that, Dave, it's Americanized. Yeah. These guys it spend is. millions of dollars on stadiums. It's not going to flip and happen. It can happen. It, I as, mean, much as, happen. We all, as much as we all want it to happen, it can't happen. Here's the deal. It, and this is realistic. You know, like Tony MLS is 25 or 26 years old now. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. You're probably right. It's not going to happen in the first hundred years of its existence. It might happen um, 75 years from now or 50 years from now, but yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Whether so, you want it to or not, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just not going to happen. I agree. So moving on to League's Cup, uh, Connor has a rant to go on. Yes, I do. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that talk about uh, the U.S. Open Cup segues perfectly into this uh, mm-hmm. because, like you said, Dave, uh, they if you look at the leagues in Europe, like uh, the Premier League, the top four go to the Champions League, and then you've got three others that are winning cups in, uh, the, in, in England that go to the Europa League. That's the way I think of the CONCACAF Champions League and the League's Cup. So let's get into this here really quick. Uh, if, you got, if you guys haven't yet heard, the, there's this new rule in the, in the League's Cup where uh, the League's Cup this year were supposed to, was supposed to go to uh, eight MLS teams and, League, and eight League MX teams. But they went back on that. They went back to four of each team, just like the original year, which was two years ago when they played it in, yeah. in Vegas. Yes. Um, Correct. And it's disappointed a lot of a, a lot of uh, MLS teams will, hoping to play in uh, North American soccer. Can we kind of can we preface this a little bit? Yeah, this cup is a new thing, though. It right? is. Yeah, it is only two years old. It is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. there are 
they're still kind of figuring things out and then COVID hit and they've rearranged things. So and it was I get and it was it's a build up to the 2026 World Cup. Yeah, exactly. In Mexico, yeah. United States, yeah, and yeah, Canada. Yeah. So. I, I get that. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I totally get it's been a it's been a weird year for year for that. But still, you've got the structure of the League's Cup, you've got the structure of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you cut down those four teams, it is a little bit disappointing to some teams who are hoping to compete in North American international soccer. Uh, which, uh, you know, the teams that were left out of, uh, out of the league cup because of this new rule change was, was our own Minnesota United. Uh, you've got New York Red Bulls, Nashville SC, uh, Colorado Rapids. And there's a fifth one that was being screwed all along. And that was FC Dallas. Uh, and I'll get back to them in a little bit, but, uh, uh, they're very, very relevant in this conversation. But when you think about how we send our teams to these North American uh, tournaments like the League's Cup and the Champions League. You've got, uh, so you've got the MLS Cup winner who usually goes to Champions League. So, okay, so let's, so let's, let, let's start here again. These are the teams you send to the Champions League. MLS Cup winner, Supporter Shield winner, US Open Cup winner, and the winner of the other conference that didn't win the Champions League. And then, of course, you've got the Canadian Championship, which doesn't really apply in this case, but... Um, then other than that the top four uh if it had been eight to eight mls teams going to the to the league's cup you would have had uh the top four who didn't go to the champions league going to the league's cup playing against league mx teams um so here's where it kind of it kind of went off the rails for me because uh in this if you had factored in who would have gone to champions league by those rules this year it would have been MLS Cup winner, uh, Columbus Crew, uh, Philadelphia Union, who won the Shield, uh, the MLS is back tournament winner, which I think of as kind of a, a they, that kind of replaced the U.S. Open Cup last year uh-huh. uh, with, uh, with sure. Portland, yeah, you're right, you're right, with Portland Timbers, yep. and then it would have been the other uh, conference winner, which uh, is Sporting KC. Yep. But here's the here's the kicker here: Sporting KC didn't go to the Champions League even mm. though they won their conference. Instead, they chose to send the winner of the U.S. Open Cup from two years ago, Atlanta United. And yeah. so, so do, do you remember how bad Atlanta United was last year? Yeah, yeah I do. But, so here's here's the problem. Like, so, and, and it is a problem. And obviously, we, um, Tony and I were in Atlanta to watch that loss and we're watch there. Atlanta win yeah. uh, the 2019 U.S. Open Cup. And here, here's the thing, though. If you were, that, if you were Atlanta United and you won that um u.s open cup there was no u.s open cup in 2020 so wouldn't you feel as an atlanta united supporter that you full well deserve to be in the next well there was no there was no yeah yeah Yeah. well champions league no yes there was there was a champions league um in in 2020 yes there was uh Mm. they started it in february before covid hit and Mm. then they then when then covid hit and it had to take a hiatus for months and months at a time but then they started it again later on that year, I think in November or December, when they started playing in the same way that they had started in February. And the teams from 2019, who had won all those trophies that I mentioned before, Seattle, LAFC, Atlanta, and uh, NYCFC, I think it was, uh, they had all gotten their Champions League berth for 2020. Yeah. So 
when you put Atlanta United into the 2021 Champions League Cup for winning a cup that was two years ago. Oh, yeah, I stand corrected then. Yeah, Yeah, I I was under the assumption that the 2020 uh, Champions League just was abruptly stopped and didn't finish. No, yeah, they they finished it. Yeah, they LAFC... well, no, Tigres from Liga MX won it, uh, but mm-hmm. LAFC, LAFC was the runner-up. They they made the final that year. Oh, they then, then, then Connor, then now I completely understand why you're yeah. you're going on the rant mm-hmm. that you are because yeah. you know it's hard to disagree with that. Then yeah, yeah. and that, and to make that to make matters even worse too is that Atlanta United being in this year's Champions League has created a domino effect among other teams that are being shuffled down. Uh, to different uh, tournaments or being shuffled out of tournaments. Sporting no. KC, Sporting KC, who should have been in the Champions League, are now in the League's Cup mm-hmm. with uh, with Just, Seattle. No, no, I gotta. Sorry to interrupt, which I'm clearly doing, but I do have to give props to Atlanta United for finally winning their first of road victory in the Concacaf Champions League. Just the other night, I think it was yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. I was watching it because they, um, an old friend of ours, uh, not personally but uh venegas was uh playing for the club uh it was a costa rican club yes uh, the name's escaping me Damn it, but, yeah. yes but uh venegas was uh starting and not only that not only was he starting he should have scored a goal or two against hey. atlanta united but their goalkeeper guzan i think it was guzan had a red yeah. card mm-hmm. and um man their backup goalkeeper was a stud wow and and Son- venegas deserved to score a goal in that game Wow. Side note, guys, we do not play Atlanta this year. We don't. Darn. That's right. We only play DC and Philadelphia from the East mm-hmm. this year. Are we still anti-Atlanta? Because I'm telling you what, like, of course we are. After, yeah. After, after, but you know, the yeah. people that went down there, you know, you got to admit, Atlanta was hey, a pretty look, friendly club. Look, hey, I will say this: that game was great. After that game, I went out. At Dave, you and David did not. I went out and partied with Atlanta fans after that game and they were very nice. They only gave me a little bit of shit about Minnesota United, uh, but they, uh, we bought drinks for each other. It was, it was a good time. It was, it was actually, it was a fantastic time. Their fans are great. My thing is the rivalry between us is we all, we both like kind of hate each other on a, you know, uh, higher level we get down lower levels we don't really hate each other it's it's nice yeah it is a friendly you know, rivalry yeah friendly rivalry. not as friendly as skc but you know yeah yeah the nicest that's the nicest rivalry. that's the nice one like yeah but getting back to uh what i what i was saying before so at uh atlanta about that domino, domino effect sporting kc is now in the league's cup and because of Sporting KC being in the League's Cup instead of the Champions League and this new rule uh, that uh, is cutting the, the League's Cup down to four MLS teams instead of eight, Minnesota United is now being kicked out, is now out of the League's Cup. That's true. And st- instead of being able to play in the League's Cup. Mm-hmm. And that's not even mentioning FC Dallas is getting screwed out of the League's Cup position in, in the first place mm-hmm. uh, because Atlanta United was in there when – they finished 12th in the East last year and finished mm. dead bottom of the MLS back of group B of the MLS's back tournament last year with no, with three losses. Yeah. I, we, I, I think that's complete bullshit. It, 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 is, bullshit. it, it is a bummer because I mean, 
a team like, you know, any pick any team, but especially a team like ML, uh, Minnesota United that's been in the MLS for now four years or so, four or five years, like how exciting would it be to see on as a fan to see your club compete against maybe one of the better teams in, you know, out of the, you know, Mexico's league, you know, top league, it would just be so exciting in a competitive tournament. And it is disappointing. And especially the success that this team has had over the last couple of years, I feel like we deserve to be there. And yeah, Yeah. you're right, Connor. We're not, we all, we all deserve to be there, Dave. I mean, we, we deserve to be there. Um, but I, I will say again, guys, what I've said previously, last year, fuck the shit out of everything going on this year in terms oh, of yeah, league's place, sure. right? Yeah. And we can be pissed off about it. Connor, I totally agree with you. I, I'm pissed off too. But well, here's the thing. I don't think that should affect the structure of the tournament, though. It, should, it shouldn't. You're right. It shouldn't. Yeah. But these leagues in MLS and whatever legal MX have to make decisions based on what's going on here. And in Atlanta being in, you know, after two years, winning it two years ago, that's, you know, it it is what it is. They didn't get a chance last year. They had chances here. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to, I think as fans be, we can be pissed off by it, Connor. I don't disagree with you at all. But we have to kind of wait it out till next year when things are actually back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's it, Connor, we can be pissed off about it. We we totally can. And I agree right. with you. Yeah. But we just gotta wait a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, now we we don't really have much of a choice, I guess. But uh, we don't. Yeah, no, no, we don't. We don't. Yeah. We can't we can't protest. We can. Do you want to protest? I mean, what will that do? <laughs> where was the where's where's the where's the league office? Let's go down oh, and protest. Right. It, it was a good rant. And I mean, we all I think as fans, we all agree mm-hmm. with you, Connor. And like yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's frustrating. I'll just say one more thing about this is that being like when I when I was just a kid, uh my dad moved me and my family over to London and we, I got, that's where I first got my real love for soccer. I was watching the, the Premier League. I was watching the Champions League, the, the Europa League, which at the time was called the UEFA Cup. Yeah, um, UEFA. Yep. And uh, I, the, the whole goal uh, of Premier League teams every year was not only to win the Premier League, but to make the Champions League so you could be the yep. champions of Europe. And yep. I think, I don't think there has been enough. Uh, emphasis on that kind of goal in north american soccer at least not the mls not yet um yeah it's i and i don't and think about that i think they're missing out because when you're making the champions league uh like lafc in atlanta and uh uh columbus lafc didn't make it this year columbus and philadelphia you're playing for a chance to play uh to win not only win the champions league but you're going to the fifa club world cup where you mm-hmm. get to play against team a team like Real Madrid or yeah. Liverpool or just to play for the, the best club team in the world. Yeah. And I think that's a goal that people should take more seriously. And it it does frustrate me a little bit, but you know, it's I I'm like you say, Tony, it is what it is. You know, it's grow it's growing pains, Connor. It's it's yeah. growing pains. I mean, we talk about MLS being here for 25 years, um, but there's a lot of growing pains involved in getting MLS soccer on a national or a global scale. Um, and um, 
would I love to see uh, things kind of be worked out and be like, you know, interchangeable and be all good? Yeah, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think I totally agree, Tony. It, it is going to happen. And look at, I mean, we're mm-hmm. 25 years into this league. And I mean, if you, if we were doing this podcast 10 years ago, I, we're in a totally different land. I mean, where we are now compared to 10 years ago is amazing. You yeah. look at the, right. it's, it's unbelievable it is. where we are now with soccer in America. And I love it. I mean, that's why you got a reason. So where are we going to be 10 years from now? It's, it's, it's extremely exciting, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. So off league stuff let's talk a little bit guys about the loons um ticket problems they had a couple of days ago yep because we were told now sterling told us this because well and i think connor are you are you in um you're a I'm member a, too i'm you're a, a is yeah. is uh, a task society member yeah. okay so you are too as well um so we were told early that uh tickets would be out there because there were only five thousand fans for the first five games, right? That's four. what they four games, okay? Yeah, four games. So we we're told that um, a task of people would have the first kind of gig at it, then season ticket holders, then um, preserve people, and then everybody else, right? And they came out with this ticket package a couple of days ago, earlier this week. And it was a clusterfuck because SeatGeek was the one who um, put this out here. It was not Minnesota United. It was SeatGeek. They were the ones who fucked it up from the beginning. Um, Lots of people uh, posting on online saying spinning, can't get in, can't get in. Sterling was posting that numerous times. Can't get in, can't get in, can't get in. And then when people did get in, uh, they were able to buy like a couple of tickets here and then secondary market just like exploded. I mean, it was like crazy for the first game. I think tickets for the first game were going for like what, 250 bucks. I mean, it was at least, it was, at least yeah. it was ridiculous, even though United had told us that if you sell tickets for those games, you can't get to you. You'll be blocked off from the tickets for next games. Um, so it was a clusterfuck. Um, yeah. Uh, Connor, from your perspective, did you were you able to get tickets at all? I was not. No. Okay. Um, so uh, me, my dad, and my stepmom have been season. I've been a season ticket holder since their last year in the NESL, and uh, my dad and my stepmom joined the year after on my account, and we. Uh, so they they both came over to my house that morning so that we could see like what uh how it would work and what tickets we could what kind of tickets we could get and uh we were logged on right away at 10 a.m in the in the morning and we right away got as i'm sure a lot of other people did the circle of death um Mm -hmm. and uh you know i've i was afraid to refresh the screen because i thought i would lose a place or something and uh so I had probably had my screen on that circle of death for about an hour before I finally gave up. And then I tried uh, to, and then I tried on my phone again and it said that I had a place in line. So I was like, okay, that's great. Then it, 
uh, I had my, we, we went out to, we went out, it was my birthday that day. So we ended up going out to, uh, to a restaurant and my my wife bought me new uh, golf clubs and my wife was holding my, my wife, my wife was holding my phone the entire time uh, while I was trying out golf clubs. And I was like, don't let the screen go blank. Don't, don't let the screen go blank at all. Just, uh, just keep it open. And it was probably that way for about two hours and nothing happened, nothing at all. There was no moving up in line or anything. And then we tried again when the season ticket members uh, packages came out uh, at two o'clock and we had a place in line and you saw a little bar going across the top of the screen saying, hey, you're, you're getting this much closer to a place in line. And it finally got to the end of the line and once and then it refreshed the screen and you got the circle of death again <laughs> so it was it was it was a big clusterfuck we're we're hoping to be able to get single game tickets tomorrow uh because we know they're they're going on sale tomorrow i think at like yeah. 10 a.m and yeah. i did I, I do also know that uh i got an email from my my ticket rep saying that uh, anybody any itasca society member who did not get tickets uh on to last tuesday will have mm. first priority yes. on Monday for sing, single game tickets. So that that's, a little reass- that's a little reassuring, but uh, mm. I, I, I mean, there's still so many, t- only so many tickets that can go around. So. Well, let me, let me, let me go back on this. And there are a lot of ways they could have done this whole situation. Yeah. They decided to go by SeatGeek standards of just opening up for whatever and clusterfuck. What I thought should have happened, and I think I've seen this on Twitter, um, Itastic Society should have had first dibs yep. on those tickets. Absolutely. I agree. And then season ticket members, and then preserve, and then whatever, right? Yeah. And they should have done it at, a, at, a, at you know, Itastic members, you've got a two-hour window to buy your tickets. Here's well, season tickets, and whatever. They didn't me, do that. Let me ask you this. Like, how many Itastic members are they? Are there including 11, you, uh, Connor? 11,842. 11, 11, so, yeah, there's let, a lot. Let, so then let me ask you this question. So, knowing that, say, for example, um, let's say 5,000, it might be slightly less than that, that are going to be able to get in for the first four games, would you, Connor, have been happy as an ITASCA member? Would you have been happy with, say, a lottery? Yeah. Let's I say they so. did a lottery for four tickets or two tickets out of those well, 11,000 members I, that wanted I, to sign up. Would you have been happy with a lottery system? Well, I think I would have been more happy with a lottery system. Uh, what I would prefer had happened is if they would have rotated the tickets uh, so mm. that, um, you know, maybe they would have a line for the first sale to see who gets the ticket to, to see who gets package one tickets first. And then whoever doesn't get those package one tickets, if there's a package two that comes out a little bit later, those other Itasca Society members get those tickets. Mm, and yeah. if, they're, if they're still allowing 5,000 people, if they're allowing more, great, then they can still allow more people into the stadium. Uh, but I think it should have been a rotation system. But I mean, here's my deal. Itasca members, right? First season ticket holders. You guys should be the ones in there anyways, right? I mean, right. you guys should be there and and guess what there's probably some member uh, some people who listen to this podcast who aren't itasca members yeah you're not itasca members but these guys were the ones there first right yeah it's not and, and i'm not saying it's because connor is a task member or david is a task member if they weren't i'd say the exact same thing 
they were there first. Yep. They put their money into this team before anybody else did. 100%. I don't yeah. care if you're a season ticket holder or not, because if you're not an Itasca member, you came in the second train. They right. were on the first train. Right. So give it to them first. And whatever's left goes to season ticket holders, and then we go down the chain, right? Yeah. right. And for guys like myself and Dave, who are not season ticket holders or Itasca members at all, if we want to, we'll buy in the secondary market, or we have friends who are Itesca members like Connor or David who have already purchased our tickets. That's the way it should work. Right. Right? Yeah. 100%. It's a seniority system. Is what it's a seniority saying. system. And it should be. It totally should be. Yeah. You know what? We didn't get a fucking chance to go to these games last year. Right. Okay. Who should be first priority to go to this game this year? Itesca members. We've been there since the fucking beginning. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't disagree with that, and that's why that's why I brought up the um, the lottery question because it wasn't. I mean, I, I now I understand there's more Itasca members than there'll be seats for the first game, but yeah, clearly it should have been those people um, that have been with this club since the beginning that should have gotten the first go and the first you know the first opportunity to get to game. So it is. I, I think I nobody's happy with what happened, but it is it's super frustrating that it couldn't have been a little more smoothly done. It's, like, well, and keep in mind too is that uh, when you have the Itasca Society members, these people like myself included, but these people have been uh, putting money in for mm-hmm. season tickets over the past year. Yeah, and so they're the ones that have the credit built up, and so they're the ones that are most likely to give you their money to go yeah. see games and, and, and so- don't get, i mean again itasca members are the prime members right yes don't give a fuck you should not give a fuck about myself and dave no other, we don't, other we don't fact, matter other than the fact that we are part of the lunacy podcast i was a little disappointed that the team didn't <laughs> give us tickets no you know not gonna happen <laughs> But I mean, but, it, the fact of the matter is, Dave, look at look at uh, the last year we could go to the games, right? How many games did we go to that were not with Sterling? Mm-hmm. And Sterling has season tickets, right? Well, we went but to the majority of the games were without Sterling. Without, if we bought Sterling them was there, but we bought them on the aftermarket, right? Yes, we'll we'll yeah. do that. We can do that. We are older gentlemen who have the means to do that. Give the first priority to Itasca and the second priority to the season ticket holders and then go on from there. Agreed. There's no reason so, to let did, it open for everybody. No, you're right. You're totally right. That And did, did I, am I incorrect in saying that, you, you know, Tony, you mentioned SeatGeek was handling that. And did I, am I incorrect in saying that they're going to kind of make amends, so to speak? They're, they try, gonna, they're trying to. Yeah. The, f- the fact of the matter is, SeatGeek is a company who is looking to make money, and that's their deal. They they wanted to do it this way because people would put it up on their, you know, they buy a bunch of tickets and then put it up for a ton of money, and they get a cut off of that, right? If United had been smart, and I don't know if they could do this, who knows what kind of deal they have with SeatGeek. They've been smart. They would have done what I was talking about. Yeah. But money is the main factor here. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and you know, I, I do understand wanting to reach out to fans that maybe haven't been to a match to try and get a little bit more to appeal to them to say, hey, but these games are fun, but this is not the Connor. Situation. This is not the this is not the time for that, Connor. Yeah, no, it, no, you're right. Yeah, Connor, I, the I, time. I agree. Yeah. Th- this is the time. This is totally the time to get fans who have been there before, Itasca yeah. members who have yeah. been there since the beginning, to get them back in the freaking stadium. You don't want Bob and Jolene, whoever the frick they are. To be there who have never been to a soccer game before this is right. not the time this right. is this is a time for you guys this is yeah. your time you know yeah i totally agree you guys yeah. have been there since the beginning we dave and i have been there since the beginning we're not we didn't put it down financially so we're fucked okay i mean we're we're out of the loop okay but connor you sterling everybody a lot of people i know financially have been there since the beginning yeah. Give them the opportunity to be there when you yeah. open back up. It is frustrating because, like, if you're going to say there's eleven, there's eleven thousand Itasca members, and and if the first two games you can get nearly two ten thousand fans into those the stadium, if you have, you know, you could d- divide it up in those first two games, so everybody as an Itasca member should have been able to go either to the first or second game. Exactly yeah. right. I, I agree. Be like that. Yeah. It should happen. And I agree. To fall, to, just to close this out, guys, um, Dave and I, not Itasca members, we will probably be at one of the first four games. It'll happen. I, I would hope. I mean, I'm yeah, not going to assume. It'll, I'm not gonna uh, assume but I well, would you and I will spend money to do it. I mean, it's going to happen, Dave. You know that. I know that. As much as you say you're not going to spend money right now, we'll get to a point where we're going to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so, why not let the Itasca people be in the first two games? Why well, not? It's another thing. It's just, I think if you really want to get into the route, like, like I know, um, let's not talk about the secondary market, but yeah, there would be a way to get into that stadium on the secondary market. But I'm, but it, I'm telling you, that's, I, we're all in agreement here. I don't think anybody, yeah. I just feel like I wouldn't be offended if, I was told that I could not go to that game because I was not a task member. How could you as a fan be offended? Yeah. You can't be, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be. You did not, not. you did not start off with this team in the beginning. Yeah. I I wouldn't be offended. I mean, as much as I want to go to a game, I wouldn't be offended if that's what I was told. And guess what? I would have started off as a team in the beginning if I thought it was going to be a problem, but I would have been there, but I wasn't. And uh, this is where it gets me. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, What's, there's still a way to get there. You can put mm-hmm. deposits down for, well, seasons. we might uh, just uh, kidnap you Connor and uh, go to a game ourselves. Yeah. There you go. No, no I'm kidding. And? I'm kidding, 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 <laughs> kidding. I heard your dog growling. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. History, Connor. History. Oh, yes. yes, indeed. There's the, again. There's no. I was gonna say there's history. no 2020 history in this week, right? Well, no. Uh, there's no. No, not no. there's not. But. And there's no uh, intro to history because that that uh, that soundbite is dead. That soundbite is dead. So. Yeah. Uh, Tony, give us your best impromptu uh, in- intro here. 
what you want me to do that on the take yeah oh jeez hold on all right and now here's connor's history of minnesota soccer (laughs) thank you thank you thank you very much um all right, so today is April 11th, 2021, and we are going to go, so we're going to go back a week to April 4th, where we are going to start in 1986, where the Strikers have beaten the Kansas City Comets in Minneapolis 9-5. to five. The com- the, So, the Comets. The Comets. That's See, right. and again, everybody's listening to podcast. We'll, we'll, I mean, you'll agree with me. Bad name for a soccer team out of KC. I agree. I, it, should, it should be the KC uh, I don't K, know. KC Cows. Tornado. Cows. KC Cyclones. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Cyclones. There you go. Um, moving on to April fifth of. Let's see. Which one should I go with here? Um. Uh. All right. Oh. Okay. Um. So. 1985. That's when the Strikers win versus the St. Louis Steamers. Five four. <laughs> Cleveland. I have, I have to include one of those every time. Tony, Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, okay. So April sixth, my birthday. Um, there is only one stat on the books for April sixth, and that was only a couple years ago, 2019, when United won at. The New York Red Bulls 2-1. You know, I was actually in Boston uh, for that game. Uh, my wife bought me tickets, but my, my wife bought me uh, a, ber- a trip to Boston for my birthday. So nice. We, we were there. We were in nice. Boston, and I was. We were out to dinner at that time, so I wasn't nice. watching the game. But it was fun. Hey, hold on a second. You were watching the game. You have your phone like on your oh, lap. I was definitely checking in. Don't get me wrong. I was definitely like, checking. Honey, what was that? moving on to april 7th where we are going to go let's see which one uh okay 1985 the strikers win against the pittsburgh spirits 7-4 again spirit pittsburgh no no yeah it's not like the it's it's not like like the spirit of St. Louis wasn't coming out of there, was there? No, and, and Pittsburgh's got a good history. I mean, Steelers, Pirate Pirates, Pirates is weird. Yeah. But I mean, come on, really? The spirit? Yeah. I mean, God, how about the Pittsburgh Miners or the Pittsburgh um the union members? I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's better than spirit. The union members. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> seriously, better than spirit. Come on. All right, moving on to April 8th, uh, where 1979, when the Kicks lost their season opener. Yes, that's right. We're getting into season openers now, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, for all the summer soccer. 1979, the Kicks lost their season opener at the Tulsa Roughnecks. See, that works. And the fact is that April 6th, 1979, Dave and I weren't born yet. No, yeah, finally we weren't, we weren't born. history where this, we yeah. weren't th- we weren't there. No. We weren't there. <laughs> we weren't there. Still a great name for a soccer club. Yeah, the rough next. Yeah. Again, okay, so appropriate name, right? Yeah. I, come on. Yeah. All right. You're a roughneck if you come from Oklahoma. That's right. For sure. 
Uh, only one stat on April 9th, going back to 2011, when the Stars won their season opener at the Atlanta Silverbacks, 2-1. Fuck you, Atlanta. Oh, well, come on now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was too far. So now, why Atlanta Silverbacks? Let's ask a question. Why are they in the Silverbacks for? Well, they're, you know, they're in the South. They're close to, um, you know. They could exist around there, I would assume. Okay. Was Is a silverback a type of snake? Yes. Yeah. I, yes. And, okay. and I, I say right. yes, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I would assume that's exactly the case. Well, again, that's one of those things. Atlanta has a lot more than just snakes. Yeah. You know? Atlanta has peaches. Yeah. Pe- Atlanta peaches. Good name. Peaches, yeah. Boy, that is that is sound that sounds a lot more friendlier for sure. Yeah, Atlanta mil- peaches. I could get I could be on board mean, with that. Millions Maybe of peach, millions of peaches, peaches for me, millions of peaches, peaches for free. Nice. Perfect. Everybody know? Everybody, you guys know that one? Yeah. No. Presidents of the United States of America. That's right. Did I butcher that? Peaches. Peaches. Yeah. <laughs> Love that awesome. song. Moving on to April 10th, 2016. Only one stat for this this day, too. When United win the Flyover Cup at FC Edmonton, 2-0. Oh. oh. Edmonton. Edmonton versus Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. a game that uh, I don't know. It wasn't on the world stage, I wouldn't no. say. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, they, they had their own name, the Flyover nope. Cup, though. So nope. That was... And then we're going to go, oh God, you guys are going to like this one. Um, so we're going to go to today. Today is April 11th in 2018. Today is the day that United signed, wait for it, the man with the worst left foot in all of soccer. Oh, Alexi shit. Gomez. Oh, shit. Wait, <laughs> no, wait. No. Was, wait a minute. Say that again. No. Say the year again. I, I swear you're off by the year. Say the year again. The 2018. 18. Yeah, that's really? true. That's I would have thought that was 16 or something. Oh, God. No, a... no, we didn't. Sign, oh, yeah. We didn't sign him until 2018. <sighs> we, we signed him after Darwin Quintero. Amazing. I have, I have heartburn. It's amazing now. how time flies. Wow. Heartburn. Fun. Holy heartburn. cow. Heartburn. Heartburn. I like to go as heartburn. I mean, as, as, as optimistic as I try to be, boy, it was hard to be optimistic <laughs> with him. <laughs> is he is he even playing anymore i, I, mean, I think he I is think and, he and really? as of a year ago he was and i remember after they after they released him and he oh. had scored a goal for his club i can't remember oh. he was Go- terrible alexi gomez is playing and he is playing for universidad tecnica de cajamarca was that like a secondary Secondary excellent. team and like you're well, there or what? Excellent pronunciation uh, there. Well, but... Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. It's uh, uh, I don't know. Is this a Peruvian? <laughs> it's a is a Peruvian team. It's a Peruvian. Team. Is it a real team? <laughs> it, it is, and and he's made one appearance for them. Oh God, he was God. I don't even want to bring it up. He was the, the most terrible player I've seen in my I. Can't say my life because I see some terrible players, but he was so bad. Yeah, I remember so for bad. I, I just remember for fans of the podcast here, the Lunacy Podcast. I remember you and St- Tony, you and Sterling, really going off on him, and I try my best to defend him. Well, that's do it. This do is it. why this is why we named the worst player on the Loons team at the end of the year, the Alexi Gomez uh, mm. winner. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he was. He is the worst. Yep. Uh, he is. Oh. 
Good Lord. Oh, gross. Um, <laughs> thank you, Connor, for the history lesson. You're um, welcome. We have a couple things to talk about, just uh, briefly. Some uh, funny news, guys. Um, first things first, Dave, you live in Plymouth, right? I do. Plymouth, probably. yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Crystal is right next to you. It is right? across, uh, just across yeah. 169. Do neighbors. you do you flush your mop heads? I'm not even sure what you mean, but well, I, you have a mop and you might yeah. mop some things up and then you yep. detach it and then and sure. throw it away. So are, are we yeah. talking mops or are we talking dry mops? Uh, well, they're wet mops, obviously, um, but they are. Uh, so the city of Crystal has put out an announcement saying that don't fl uh, flush your mop heads. Oh yeah, because, no, we don't we don't do that in Plymouth. No. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know why the city Crystal. <laughs> I don't know why the city of Crystal flushes their mop heads and why this is a big story, but it is because their wastewater treatment plant is getting inundated with dirty old mop heads going down the toilet. Hmm. I'm not guilty, huh. even though yeah, I, I mean I could throw a stone. <laughs> I could throw a stone into Crystal from where I'm at, basically, and well, uh, I've. I have to say, I've never flushed a mop head down the. Well, my first, my first concern, of course, is who flushes mop heads anyways? Do you guys ever flush a mop head? Those, no, things, are, no. those things are huge. I don't. Even I don't. Touch I, mop heads. I would get nervous. I like. I don't think that would go down the toilet. Why would you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would you think those are going to flush? You know, that's a terrible thing to flush in the toilet. Throw it in the garbage. Wow. But the city of Crystal has a problem with mop heads being flushed. Hmm. And well, I'm not. I'm not to blame. I, I will say that. My second concern is not about the city's wastewater treatment plant. Is the fact of your own plumbing. Um, again, mop heads are huge. Why would you flush something like that in your own sewer system? That would cause problems. Seems yeah, like it well, would. Yes. Yeah. But is this like this is like an ongoing thing by multiple mm -hmm. residents then, or what? The I guess I. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where. They've obviously put out a uh, uh, things on Facebook and Twitter saying, "Don't flush them." So obviously, people are flushing mop heads. They're clogged the septic tank. They will. They will clog everything. Yeah, it's terrible. Why would you do that? Uh, but Dave, I'm glad to see that in Plymouth no, we don't do that. I'm not part of the problem. And uh, no. yeah, wow, that's amazing. And yeah, yeah. It seems to be I, contained within Crystal, Dave, because you're on the yeah. other side of, of Crystal from me in Plymouth. I'm in Robbinsdale. Uh, as okay. far as I know, we don't have a mop head flushing. That's right. We're in Robbinsdale. We've got, we, we've got that crystal well, buffer between us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Connor, you're in Robbinsdale. You have other flushing problems, let me tell you. Do we now? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Do you? I, I don't know. It's Robbinsdale. Not, not that I know. It's Robbinsdale. Uh, we're flushing bullshit down the toilet. So. <laughs> uh, so, so we've got flushing problems in, in Crystal. Uh, but another story I want to bring up, this is a bigger story. Uh, Mafia Fugitive caught after posting cooking show on YouTube. Now, oh, I'm looking forward to this one. You guys, a little preface to this. There was an uh, Mark Ferron Claude Biort. And he is 53. Uh, he's from Italy. And um, he was in the uh, Drag Eta crime family in Italy. Don't really like crime family at all. 
but they were eh, drug trafficking, things of that nature. So he was going to be indicted on drug trafficking and he decided to leave the country, right? He went to Dominican Republic and uh, he decided that while he's in Dominican Republic with his wife, he would start a YouTube channel. Okay. He wouldn't show his face though, but he's cooking Italian food. And um, unfortunately, he has some tattoos on his arms that people can recognize. And after uh, doing this for a while, he uh, got caught. Um, he did the show, for, I think, for about a year. Um, says the Italian police tracked him down through culinary videos he had uploaded to YouTube. While he carefully hid his face, he failed to disguise his body tattoos. So my question, boys, is this. You did a crime wherever you're at. You left the country and you decided, let's do a YouTube channel, which is his first mistake, right? I mean, think about this for a second. You are leaving somewhere where you committed a crime. You're going to start a YouTube channel. And you think to yourself, but I can just cut my face off, you know, just not having a YouTube. But you have tattoos that say otherwise, which this guy did. Right. Um, the alleged members of the crime gang were arrested in the Dominican Republic, extradited back to Italy. And um, he had been run, he'd been on the run since 2014. So seven years, guys. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, seven years for cocaine trafficking in Netherlands on behalf of that family. Um, basically, they caught him because somebody who's been watching the channel, his YouTube channel, said, oh, those are nice tattoos. I should look them up. I looked them up. Oh, he's wanted in Italy. Hmm. How you know, fucking off, stupid can you be? Yeah, well, you know, first off, barcodes, are, barcodes, tattoos are like a barcode mm -hmm. for your for your arm. So, why? Yep. And two, you would think that this guy would do the studying to know to go to a country where they have no extradition. Well, yeah. you're right, Connor. And, and studying, but he also he, used. He has, you also he has, just. What? Sorry, he has the knowledge to be able to run a drug operation, or run a crime operation, but he can't find out that Dominican Republic has extradition laws. Laws. I well, feel like that's that that doesn't really add up to me. I don't know. You'd also do the study to say um, maybe I shouldn't go on fucking YouTube. That's also that, that, that. Yeah, you're completely right. Yep. I mean, if I got in trouble for doing anything. I wouldn't start a YouTube channel and say, hey, look at me. I'm a, well, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. You know, why would I, why would I do a podcast? Yeah. Who could find me, you know? I mean, does, is there a Pervenanzi crime family? Uh, uh, shh, quiet, Connor. <laughs> I'll start that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, how, how stupid can you be? I, yeah. I've been reading these stupid news things for a couple of years now, and it amazes me still to the day that people can be so dumb when they commit crimes 
to do something like this. Yeah. Why do you do that? They want to be, it's obvious to me, they want to be caught, you know? And it sure gives you that impression. Yeah. For sure. yeah go ahead, yeah. Dave. Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just waving Draco. Sorry. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. Draco, Draco's on the podcast now. He's Draco, very, Draco's on screen. He's yeah. very shaky. He's old, guys. Yeah. He's old. He's he's. I don't know what's going on right now. He's not happy. Yeah. Um, but uh, so there's that. We do have a game coming up, guys, on Friday That's against Seattle. Right. Yeah. So, so be, I mean, hopefully we can record uh, soon after that game. But I mean, no. you. Yeah. But before we There'll get, be a game before our next podcast. That's before awesome. we got here, guys. Too, it's it's on FS1, so everybody can watch it. Yep. Before we got here, guys, let's make a prediction for that game. Remember now, guys, they don't have Jordan Morris. Yep. And Ladario is probably not going to play. Why is hmm. that? He's injured. Oh, he's injured. Oh. Well, at least that well, was that was last week. So we'll so, see if that happens. But all right. Quick hitter, then. I, the, it, knowing that, I mean, the two key—I mean, they, those were key players in the Western Conference Western Conference Final last year. Yeah, so, I mean, how about how about Minnesota winning two zero, not giving up uh, the lead? How's that? Sound? Ooh, that sounds good, Connor. What do you think? Uh, I like that prediction. Uh, I am going to say there's goals on both sides, though. I, I think uh, Minnesota will win two one. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, I'd I'm be, gonna. I'd take that. I'm gonna get crazy, guys, and um, you're gonna say four nil. No, I'm not gonna go that far. Yeah. That's that's nuts. That is super crazy. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say two nil. Uh, I don't think what we... I said right. Well, yep. You say two nil. I, said, I, I, I might have said two zero instead of two nil. Oh, okay. That's what I said. Okay. All right. So I'll be like that. Hey, two nil right is good. On. Two nil is good. I, like I think uh, without Ladario. Um, and Morris, I don't think that Seattle team is is that great. They don't have I, the bite. Um, they don't I, have the bite. It's just it'll be interesting to see. Uh, really, so uh, just prediction about that game. Do you think we'll see um, um, uh, that our new striker up front? I mean, do you oh, think yes. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because he definitely. played twenty minutes. He played twenty minutes last week. I mean, do you think he'll start? I don't know if he'll start, but he'll start. Well, he'll start. probably start. see him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see a a four two three one. I think it'll be the the, the Heath will come out with that. Well, um, it sounds like Heath already knows who's going to be his, in his starting lineup as long as as long as everybody stays healthy. So yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting. I cannot wait. I mean, we're we're less than a week away. We're, this Friday night, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be. A, I mean, it's gonna be fantastic. And of course, Holmberg's on the what sixteenth. Connor? 24th. Uh, oh, 24th. 24th. So the, 24th. So the season opener against Seattle is on the 16th. The yeah. home opener against RSL 24th. is on the 24th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fantastic. Um, so I think I, I think all of us see a win on Friday night. And that's a big – that opening weekend for the MLS is huge. Big revenge um, game for Minnesota. Yeah. It is a huge revenge game for Minnesota. Yeah. I, I've told this story many times before, but after the the Western Conference final last year, I had to pace around my house for like an hour. I couldn't go to bed. And you know what time it ended? It ended at like 11 p.m. over I here. Did. Yeah. And it was, uh, was it a, was it a weeknight? 
don't remember mm. if it was a weeknight or not. I think it no, I think it was a Friday or Saturday. Was it okay? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I had I had to pace around the house for a long time because mm. I I just I was just like, I cannot go to bed like this. There's no way. Yeah, it you know, with the US Open Cup guys uh being determined by your first three games, that's gonna be interesting. I mean, we yes. have we so have to win these games. Yeah. So let's look at our first three games here. We've got uh, Seattle, RSL, and Austin. Mm-hmm. Those are our first three games. Well, yeah. and so you you could, you could say, at this point, I think six points is is very the, feasible. Yeah, very feasible. So, that's so a, you. That's look, a, I mean, no disrespect to RSL at all, but I mean, you look at those three games and you'd say, well, right off the bat, Seattle is the toughest competition, and mm-hmm. that's what they're starting out with. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think if if the if that game ended one one or two two or zero zero for that matter nil nil, I don't think I'd be disappointed uh, going forward through the rest of those three games that you mentioned, Connor. But uh, yeah, it's a massive game, I and mean, I think it's a massive game for MLS in general. Well, and the other thing too is we're playing in Seattle, yeah. and that's yeah. that. You got. I don't know if you guys agree with me. Playing in Seattle is a, is a it's tough for every team. Yeah. It's not easy. No, it's, it's not easy. easy. And that's why, I mean, yeah. I think we'll see Alonzo out there, assuming he's fit and starting at least in that, like we talked about our starting lineups, but uh, uh, let's hope we see Alonzo out there and um, yeah, let's go. I mean, yeah. all right, boys. Exciting. So hopefully we can do a podcast. <sighs> maybe we can do a zoom podcast after that game. You know, maybe yeah. do a short podcast, like a quick uh, recap, like maybe a half hour, 45 minute podcast, but we'll see what yeah. happens. We'll see what happens. All right, boys, before we get out of here, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get? I think uh, I'm just the excitement of the upcoming week is enough. And uh, we, yeah. if for those people that have listened to all two hours or plus or whatever the heck it's been, thank you. And uh, it's a we'll longer keep, one this time. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep them yeah. briefer going forward. We promise. Yep. So I want to say uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Tony, for Dave and Connor, we'll talk to you guys after the Seattle game. All right. Galoons.